Can you be quiet, please? Thank you. Welcome to Pirate Radio Live. There's local politics, bud. I want to shake his hand. I want to shake his hand. I want to shake his hand. Was that supposed to be funny? Get these clowns out of here. Why would they do that? You were having a freaking game. Dude. It's a cocky bunch, man. Now live from the Pirate Radio Studios in the heart of the Pirate Nation, here is your host, Clip Brock. Welcome in to a Wednesday edition of Pirate Radio Live. Cliff Brock here with you inside the Pirate Radio Studios coming to you today on Pirate Radio 92.7 FM in Greenville, 104.1 in Washington. We're on 1250, 930 online, PR927FM.com, and eventually we'll be on Facebook Live and YouTube, and I believe we are on Facebook Live and YouTube right now, so you can chime in on what you'd like to discuss on this Wednesday hot one in eastern north carolina as we count down the days to ecu navy six o'clock dowdy ficklin stadium on saturday pregame coverage begins two o'clock on the bud light pregame tailgate and joining us saturday at two will be the voice jeff charles and he will join us coming up in about 30 minutes from now to talk ecu navy and uh, everything else going on in the world of sports we will visit with both voices today because at four o'clock the play-by-play voice of navy pete medhurst will join us here on the show navy is zero and two but they are coming off a bye week we'll see if they can make some improvements they have not looked good so far this season they have looked better on defense than they have offense but we'll break it down with pete medhurst coming up at four o'clock at four thirty. A very emotional uh, appearance from Patrick Mason. Uh, His uh, baseball team has passed away. His dog is celebrating a birthday. So we're going to kind of go circle of life here. We got a lot planned. I have a poem that I've written that we will uh, read when Patrick is here. We have a uh, prepared montage for Patrick as well. A live singing of happy birthday uh, will be coming up. So a big, uh, big 430 block with Patrick Mason on tap. Steven Igo, Hoist the Colors, will join us at 5 o'clock to break down East Carolina and Navy. We got some Mike Houston audio, some player audio to get to as well on the Flight by Yingling ECU practice report. So we have a full show on this Wednesday. Shirley's here, CJ's here, the man of Chan is here, and Ellerby is here as well. Hello, Jonathan. Hello, Clipper. How are you? I brought an extra guest to the program. I hope you can uh, work that in if that's okay surprise guest i didn't tell anybody about it okay would you would you like me to go ahead and bring him on the show please so uh this is special delivery from straight from mrs humble's third grade class do you recognize this guy i do uh that would be flat stanley flat stanley was sent to us by uh the uh, mrs humble's third grade class <clears throat> in chicago yeah and uh somewhere they wanted to uh Flat Stanley, you're looking at him kind of crazy, Chandler. Do you not know who Flat Stanley is? Stick no, up. I do. You want to introduce yourself? How you doing, Flat Stanley? <laughs> nice to see you. So, uh, so I thought I'd bring him in here on the show today and let him hang out. A part of his experience at visiting Pirate Radio could be on Pirate Radio Live with with you guys today and and, and me. So, I actually is that a, okay? I had a heads up on this, Celery. Oh, really? I have not spoken to you about this. <laughs> I kind of forgot. Yeah, uh, Mrs. Humbles, by the way. Um, her ma- her name is Jana Brock Humbles. Oh, she is my sister. That's your sister. Yes, and uh, my mother actually told me about this. <laughs> I forgot about it. So good on Ellerby for bringing in a guest to the show today from Mrs. Humbles' class, does, Flat Stanley. Does that make Flat Stanley your nephew? Um, 
I think we're related somehow. If it comes from your sister's class. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. This is getting a little deep. but I. So here's Flat Stanley. He's going to hang out for, I mean, I can leave him for the whole show. But yeah. uh, if there's any, I was going to, the only question I was going to ask, what else should Flat Stanley do while he's here at Pirate Radio for the next few days? We could have him. Cut uh, up audio. Oh, you're putting him to work. Yeah. You mean do the things you don't do around here? <laughs> yeah. Be here on Friday? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Boom. Be here on Saturday. Hmm. Yeah, birthday boy. He, he can uh, fill in for me on Saturday. Chandler is uh, really, really hitting the town, huh? So I'll be here on Friday, though. That's the good news. On the show? Yeah. On Friday? You're here this Friday? Yes. Not next Friday? No. Okay, 10-4. Uh, so how about you train Flat Stanley to do what you do here so you can miss all these days? and Yeah, and that's what – I, I plan on doing that. We can still get it done. Um, no, we uh, – how long is he hanging out for? Uh, I was probably going to mail him back on Monday, so maybe he'll be here for Saturday for ECU Navy. He can do a whole game day experience. Yeah, and maybe keep him around uh, an extra day if you can to hang out with the players as well. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, we'll leave him here through Monday. Yeah, and he can come in, be in the players' lounge on Monday, be a part. Maybe he can if if Navy wins on Saturday. Maybe he can take some phone calls from from some angry fans if that's the case. Uh, Troy likes to tell stories about himself and his life. Maybe he could sit in Troy's office and hear those stories. You know, that is Flat Stanley might be a good person for Troy to talk to. A good listener? Yes, absolutely. Man, you know, Flat Stanley could probably make better picks on our survivor <laughs> pool than Troy, so maybe maybe they can uh, talk about that together. By the way, our pick is in and um, Fly Eagles fly. The Eagles were my second pick this week. I'm taking my heart out of it picking with my head as we should i will say this i don't mind the pick because i had it on my list but division game road game carson wentz revenge game a little nervous about that absolutely have you did you factor that into all this look i always try to think the opposite of what could really happen but uh, i'm playing for the eagles to win and i think jalen hurts is doing good things and uh i just think the redskins or the commanders stink so there you go well, you didn't have to put it that way. Uh, earlier in the week, we ran down the schedule, and it is a tough week for Survivor Pools. It is. I think the Chiefs were my number one pick. They're going into Indianapolis, which you could make the, the Colts really stink. Matty Ice has not done anything this year. Maybe he has a breakout game and surprises the NFL by beating the Chiefs, who they think is one of the best two or three teams in the NFL right now. But I think the Chiefs were my number one pick. The Eagles were my second pick this week. Uh, I did go 3-0 and last week with all three of my picks. I can't remember who they were. But uh, we won and survived, and that's all that matters. And that's what we're looking for out of the Eagles this week. I had uh, a team on my top three this week that nobody else had, and it is the best team in football, the Buffalo Bills. Mm. I had the Titans to get a win this week. Mm. Who they got? I can't remember off the top of my head, but uh, I thought this was. Uh, I thought I thought they've kind of played kind of crummy, but they I think maybe have their home opener this week against somebody. And uh, Raiders. The Raiders yeah. from west to east. Because I thought well, a couple of things. I thought the Raiders, after the way they lost, maybe have mailed in their season <laughs> yeah, <laughs> after wow. two a little weeks. early for that. So and then that the Titans. That I mean, they've got a good. They should be good. I mean, they, they were pretty decent last couple of years, so that, that was kind of my, my third wild card pick. Should week. we just be picking against the Panthers at this point? Susan Dean says, hashtag fire Matt Rule. Go for yeah. it. 
they play the Saints again. Division game. There's a ton of division games right. this week with a spread of three or less. So it is a dangerous, icy, uh, dicey week. Well, and the other thing is, if if the Panthers lose this week, is the fire Matt Rule going to happen? On is is he going to get a, a Black Monday deal where he get gets axed? And obviously, his name's obviously being floating around for the two college jobs that are open right now too. So. This is year three. If he loses on Sunday, that that goes to zero and three in his third year. Zero and one in the division. Zero one in the division. Ten straight losses for the Panthers. I say it happens if yeah. the Panthers lose. But I'm going to in my picks on Friday. I'm going to have the Panthers actually getting their first win of the season this Sunday. We'll hey man, nothing wrong with believing. So. I mean, Jameis did terrible there last year. Jameis has a bad history against the uh, Panthers. So, uh, yeah. All right. uh, I mentioned icy when I was trying to say dicey earlier, Ellerby. But uh, I'll tell you what, we'll be icy the uniforms on Saturday when East Carolina plays Navy. Uh, ECU put out a tweet today, uh, the football team, and um, the reveal of the white helmet. And uh, some people are terrified of the white helmet. I like the the all-white look. And uh, that'll be on display coming up Saturday, 6 o'clock. Does anybody else have to wear the white helmet besides just the football team? Because I know certain people in this building don't like to be told what <laughs> Why are they to telling wear? us what to wear? <laughs> I know. So um, I, I'm cool with the uniform. I thought, you know, I, and I guess it's, you know, with Military Appreciation Day, too, um, it's kind of cool. So we'll, we'll, we'll see uh, how the all-white looks. Chandler, Ellerby, how are you guys feeling heading into Saturday? Feeling pretty good. Where's um, he going? Don't talk. We're on a radio show. Okay. I I feel great. I mean, I, I I feel like this East Carolina football team is poised to get their third win in September, third win in a row, and uh, be ready to hit the road. I, I think – I don't know if I would lay the 17 points, Chandler. Nah. But uh, I, I think the Pirates can win by 10. You want to hope that the Pirates can go 4-0 against the spread, but it's going to have to stop somewhere. And 17 is very rich for my blood. Now, Navy is 0-2 on the season. They lost to Delaware. They, they got spanked by by Memphis. But Navy is – and I heard uh, uh, clips say the other day to Troy. Troy was trying to say this isn't the Navy of old. But Clip asked him, does Navy still run the triple option? And his answer was yes. And he said, well, then they're always going to scare me when it comes to the triple option because it's so it's, uh, such a hard offense to defend. The one thing that stood out that to me. the point that I brought up the other day, wasn't it? Yeah, the one thing that stood out to me the most so far this week was when Holt Naylor's was on the program on the Players' Lounge. And uh, he reminded myself and probably a lot of other people that Navy was 2-7 and seven last year when the Pirates kicked a 54-yard field goal to win with no time left. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't think you can – you can never discount Navy. Um, I do think the Pirates have a home field advantage. I was super impressed with the crowd this past week. The weather right now, and it doesn't look like it's going to change much, looks outstanding for Saturday. High so, of 77 is what yeah, I saw? It, it is going to be a beautiful day for tailgating, a beautiful day for football at Dottie Ficklin Stadium. So hopefully another big student section packed and uh, a big walk-up crowd of 40-some thousand plus in Dowdy Ficklin Stadium and uh, finish off these four straight home games. Man, I, I, there's a lot of people talking about that. How about, you feeling? Uh, I, right now, I feel a little revived. I, I did feel like, I'll I, I tell you, it, it's starting to wear, I mean, the mileage is starting to wear on mm. me, you know, and uh, because not only are we doing four straight Saturday games, we're also, uh, we've been participating four straight weeks at Freeboot Friday. And then, of course, the kickoff of the season, we had our football kickoff party ahead of that. So it, it's been a strong run of uh, 
doing activities in Greenville, North Carolina the last uh, three weeks. And uh, hopefully, hey, look, another successful run this Saturday will always make things a lot better. Let's bring back a stat from last week. Brett McMurphy has updated it for this week. Consecutive wins in games favored by at least 10 points. Cincinnati, 43 in a row in such games. Kentucky, 42. Texas Tech, 31. Number four on that list, East Carolina, 24 straight victories with wins uh, in games favored by at least 10 points. Ellerby, I think you were here last week when we brought up this stat. Um, that So just because I, that 17 seems high to me, the trend says East Carolina will at least win the game, which they have done 24 times in a row when they've been in, uh, favored by at least 10 points. They are 17-ish point favorites. This I week. would love to see the list of 24. <laughs> I mean, just to see how far that list goes back of when East Carolina was favored by double. I mean, I, I mean, we're, I feel like UConn's on that list a lot. Who are the quarterbacks that have played in those games? Yeah, I'm does trying it to date back to Patrick Pinckney. Does yeah? Does it go back to does it go back to David Garrard? Does it go back to 0809, or does it go back earlier than that? I right. mean, it's just kind of it's it's a it's a neat stat, but not it's kind of an interesting stat too that they because it's a stat to consider. It, it is a stat to consider, but it doesn't hold a lot of weight because you're you're going against when they're a double digit favorite, but just winning the game. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a survivor sort of stat in a way. Just talking about stats, my guy. You like talking about stats? I love stats. I love numbers. I love figures do you like scoreboards and winners <laughs> <laughs> i do i like scoreboards how do you feel here's a question for you Ellery. a legit question uh game day environment um scoreboard ribbon boards music what grade do you give it so far uh it's been fine experience with me. it's been fine with me i don't i don't really have a problem with the actual in-game experience of, of what's going on I, I think underneath the stadium there's still been some issues of some still long lines and uh some uh, experience issues inside the stadium mm-hmm. from that standpoint but i think from an operational standpoint of just knowing what the score is now it does take you a while to get used to the ribbon boards and all that because there's a lot of stuff going on it's uh, a lot of action moving on but uh, all in all when i've wanted to look up at and find the score find the down and uh, during the timeouts i do like the uh what do they do the in-game I yeah mean, the live look-ins live look-ins uh that, that's been pretty cool so uh I'm, I'm all in all in that aspect uh i think everything seems to be going too well i don't over analyze a lot of that like i don't over analyze what color the uniforms that the mm-hmm. team is really wearing you know i do kind of the thing i'm going to analyze the most is how many points ecu has and how many points the opponent has first and then uh, that really kind of puts me in the mood i, I enjoy being in update on the buccaneer musical scoreboard presented by the buck. buck the nationals have taken the lead chandler three to two over the break that's what we do what lose yeah Three to two, the score. <laughs> Braves have a couple on in the eighth inning. Mets and Brewers underway. No score there. Mets still have a one-game lead over the Braves in the NL East. Both teams have clinched playoff berths. Uh, the Mets on Tuesday or uh, Monday, rather, and the Braves last night. So there you go. You know what that is? What's that? Day baseball. <laughs> nothing better. Oh boy! Thank you. Nothing better in this world. Beat it. Two words. Nothing better. <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, Chandler. You haven't looked at this at all today. I know. CJ, you've probably done some research. You're ready to go? Yeah. All right. Uh, LRB, every Wednesday, we pick a top 10 team to lose and a top 25 team to lose Ooh. in college football. Uh, last week, I, I gave you guys a chance to catch up because I picked two top 10 teams to lose. I, I could have taken the easy way out. 
I took the hard way and I paid for it. I lost them both. I had Nebraska beating Oklahoma and Fresno State beating USC. For that little moment of 7 nothing Nebraska, how excited are oh. you? Now, we all had Oklahoma losing because it was a tough week to find a top 10 team that would lose. But, um, yeah, I was pretty hyped there. And Fresno hung around with USC, but Lincoln Riley's got it rolling out there. Will Lincoln Riley's USC Trojans be my top 10 team to lose this week? We'll find out momentarily, but we'll start with CJ. CJ. Is it a beaver trap? You are 3-3. Three and three. Who is your top 10 team to lose on Saturday? My top... I think I lost it. Can I start with top 25? Chandler, who is your top 10 team to lose on Saturday? Clemson, a 7-point mm-hmm. favorite in Winston-Salem oh, yeah. is ridiculous. Give me the Demon Deacons over the Tigers in Winston-Salem. I like that uh, I like that upset. 21st-ranked Wake Forest over 5th-ranked Clemson? Give me a break. I like that, too. I think I'm going to go back to the Lincoln-Riley well, though, and I am going to take the Beavers. The problem with this game, A, it might be too late for people, but B, for people it's not too late for, it's on the Pac-12 network. We won't see it. What a shame. In 2022, all these channels, and we won't be able to see the game here on the East. What time's the kickoff? 9.30. 9.30. We'll be here on the fifth quarter, keeping up with the score, but not watching it. There's not a way to pirate that Oh, channel. there's a way to pirate everything. Sure. Yeah, but I'm you. a legal guy. I'm not like you, and you got all your channels. and All my channels? Stream. You're the one who you brought well, up to pirate. You tell that to Flat Stanley. And the kids are watching <laughs> I mean, today. Look who you're talking to. Who, look who you're, you're, you're trying to encourage. Legal activity here. I'm going uh, Oregon State over USC. Uh, CJ. I'm going Texas A&M over Arkansas as the top 10 team to lose. Ooh. Is Arkansas in the top 10? They are, they are number 10. Oh, wow. Did you hear, and a lot of people that listen probably don't listen to Barstool. But I did like you, that pick. Did you hear what Brandon Walker said about your boys in Arkansas? He said that they will lose their next four games. Well, wow. I bet their schedule is a doozy. Yeah. Do you know who it is? It is A&M, Alabama, Mississippi State, BYU. Wow. Three out of the four on the road, Alabama at home. I don't think I disagree with them. Yeah. They might win one of those, but uh, good pick, CJ, especially now A&M coming off the App State loss. They right. beat Miami. They have a chance to beat – was Miami top 10 or they were top? They were 12, 15, 15. I think. So they got a chance to beat two highly ranked teams in a row. All right, top 25 team to lose this week. CJ, who you got? I am going the opposite way that Chandler went, and I'm going to take Clemson over Wake Forest. I like that. I like that pick. You said you liked Chandler's pick before, though, when he picked Wake Forest to beat Clemson. Well, You're I very li- supportive. If I liked it a lot, I would have taken them to win, but I'm still, I don't think Wake beats Clemson. But can you like both of them? Sure, I like everything. Ellerby, again, you're this guy that pirate streams. You do all this illegal activity. I like everything. Are you just on Facebook all day hitting the like button? Yes. I mean, what's going on? By the way, like and subscribe. Like and subscribe. <laughs> Smash it. Dag on that. Clip Rock's the best Facebook friend ever. Love that pic, CJ. Absolutely. No, that's different. Now, he just likes Chandler's and he loves yours. I mean, I, I think there, there is, I can differentiate that. Uh, I am going to say Tennessee beats Florida on a Saturday. Give me the Vols over the Gators on CBS. Yeah, I was looking at that one earlier too. Um, Tennessee at home, I really like. Uh, I really like their chances there. But I saw this matchup. That's the uh, world's largest outdoor. No, that's Georgia, oh, that's Florida. Georgia. Okay, never mind. It is a Tennessee. I'm sorry. Go ahead. 
Uh, I do like this uh, this game here. Texas Tech, Texas, and takes me back to Michael Crabtree winning the game. Uh, Catching scored. the ball down the sidelines, running in for a touchdown. Texas is a six-and-a-half-point favorite there in Lubbock, and uh, I'm going to take the uh, Red Raiders. Uh, bouncing back after getting beat in Raleigh last week to the Wolfpack. Uh, so I'm going to go Texas Tech over Texas. Love that pick. Is Notre Dame in the top 25? <laughs> <laughs> or is uh, or, No, no, no. Notre Dame's not. No. Is UNC in the top 25? No, no, no. They're not either, so I was going to say that could be an upset. Would you think Notre Dame can go into Chapel Hill and win this Saturday? Absolutely. Rudy, Rudy Tootie, for sure. Uh, how See many the quarterbacks in? Yes. yes. Yeah. Too bad they're not playing NC State this week. Yeah. They will a, later this year. That's going to be overblown and hyped forever. Uh, you can't just like say little jokes anymore. You have to come out with an apology. Did he apologize? Yeah. yeah. He apologized. That not everybody can get in that anybody that can't get in carolina goes to nc state sorry i made a joke apologies north carolina receiving votes and uh okay in the poll east carolina's in receiving one vote north carolina receiving 12 votes do y'all do a, a team receiving votes that's going to lose this week team receiving votes that will lose this week iowa state's going to lose to uh the to baylor so i'll take that one all right uh-huh there Chandler, you, go. you got one Team receiving votes that is going to lose this week. They'll be putting us on the spot here. You don't have to answer that. Just say no. We don't do that around here. We don't do that around here. <laughs> well, Flat Stanley's a little disappointed. <laughs> Sorry, Stan. Sorry, Stan. Uh, Ellerby, good stuff. Pyro, what else you? Uh, what else got going on? Uh, just, I mean, I'm kind of just being sure that Flat Stanley can hang out here with you guys. Can y'all keep an eye on him? And yeah. Keep, keep him safe. No problem. I mean, he is kind of ken to you we do have a guest coming in the studio today patrick mason Stephen igo so we'll uh yeah make sure they take it easy on him he'll probably like the igo song i bet <laughs> that's right <laughs> up his alley maybe uh maybe if uh, when the guests come in if y'all could just snap a picture of flat stanley with some of the guests sure that'd be and then i can then mrs humbles i could send uh i could send some pictures back because that's what you're supposed to do in this assignment yeah you're supposed to send some pictures and a little journal back of what Flat Stanley did. So this is going to get one right, right quick, right? Yeah, now. yeah. Let's go ahead and get one uh, with, live on the air shot with, here. Uh, Flat Stanley here. So, all right, there you go. go. That's that was great for the radio audience. But, Memories uh, made. People need to like and subscribe so they can see Flat. Stanley. Do not upset Flat Stanley. That's one thing. Like we we tell people, do not upset a guest that's on the show or yep. a player. This is one person or one thing that we do not want to upset, and that's Flat Stanley. They went with the uh, number seven on the Flat Stanley jersey. Oh, so. wow. Zay? Yeah, I guess a throwback to Zay Jones. Like and subscribe for Stan. Yep, do it. LRB, thanks for hanging out. Yeah, see you guys uh, next week. All right, we will take a break. Come back when we return. We'll visit with the voice, Jeff Charles. Get his thoughts on East Carolina and Navy. He'll be on the call. He'll be at UBE on Friday. He'll be in that seat that Chandler's in right now on Saturday as we talk all things ECU football here on Pirate Radio. Also got our Flight by Yingling practice report coming up with comments from Mike Houston and some Pirate players. A lot to go on a Wednesday. Back with you after this. listening 
to Hour 1 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Country Mart. Country Mart is open every day and has two locations, in Bethel on Highway 11 and in Stokes on Highway 903. Country Mart, fueling you up with great food and your engines with great gasoline. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. The best place in Greenville to unwind after work and have fun is AJ McMurphy's. AJ's has daily food and drink specials and an awesome patio, perfect for some outdoor dining. There's something for everyone every weeknight, including sports trivia with our very own Clip Brock. AJ's has live music every Friday and Saturday with no cover and brunch every Sunday. Make today an AJ's day. Now let's uh, head back in to PRL. Here's Clip Brock. All righty. Here's a question I will not be asking tonight at sports trivia that I will throw out to the, the both of you. Okay. Uh, this pitcher pitched four and a third perfect innings of relief in his major league debut back in April 29th, 2008. Um, what's today? Two days ago, Monday, he pitched six perfect innings and a start for the team he currently plays for. He's the only pitcher in the modern era to have a perfect outing of four-plus innings as a starter and a reliever in his career. Can you name that pitcher? So his major league debut, he pitched four and a third perfect innings, 2008. He started Monday night with six perfect perfect innings. What ace am I talking about? Uh, name an old pitcher. That's good. Scherzer. Max Scherzer is correct. Mm. That's why Chandler Honeycutt is one of the best. I'm the best. Okay. And ready to go tonight. Uh, Nationals still lead the Braves three to two Let's in go, baby. the bottom of the ninth. Mets and Brewers are scoreless. I'm gonna make a prediction. If the Braves do lose, I'm gonna say the Mets lose because they seem to win and lose on the same day. Uh, more so winning. I saw the Braves are like, I want to say it was seven, like seventy eight and twenty is the the run they're on right now. Which they got off to that slow start, but that is just insane. And they still haven't caught the Mets because the Mets have been great. That's what y'all did last year, right? Yeah, just got hot at the end and kept on Do it again, baby. getting hot. And last year, I was scared of the big bad Dodgers, and they were able to beat them. This year, very, very similar situation. So, All right, let's head out to the Pit Electric live line and visit with the voice, Jeff Charles, on this Wednesday. Jeff, how you doing today? Cliff, I'm doing great, and as you well know, we have been talking about Aaron Judge here for the last few weeks, and he did it again last night, didn't he? Guys, hey. Babe Ruth, Babe Ruth hit 60 home runs way back in 1927, and now Roger Maris is up next to 61 home runs, the American League record. Maris hit 61 back in 1961. What this guy is doing is absolutely incredible. And and I still go back to, you know, let's compare it with his peers and, and what they're doing this year. He's got 60. Next highest, Kyle Schwarber with 40. And then you got uh, next highest in the American League, Jordan Alvarez from the Astros with 37. So he is just lapping the field right now. And it is, uh, it is incredible. And uh, what a scene last night. Hits one late in the game when it looked like it was over. And then Giancarlo Stanton with a walk-off grand slam for the Bombers as uh, the place goes wild. And now history watch. And again, Jeff, I just don't know. I, I guess uh, 
Do you think we'll get the cut-ins uh, and uh, like it was back in the Sosa McGuire chase or the Bonds chase? I guess we will. It just it seems like it's uh, it doesn't get the headlines that those chases got back then. Yeah, I can't quite figure it out, Clip. But uh, you're right. I'm feeling the same way. I certainly would hope we would get the cut-ins. And and what you're saying is makes this even more remarkable that you know some years there are a number of guys who hit 50 plus home runs at the ball is flying out of the ballpark, and you have multiple guys doing that. But this year, what makes this this streak so incredible is that, you know, these guys, like you mentioned, aren't really hitting all that many home runs this year, and this guy is just head and shoulders above everybody else. And, you know, Cliff, well, the home runs, of course, get uh, all the acclaim, and they should, but this guy's really a complete player because I watched MLB last night, and they were showing the defensive plays he makes, and here's a center fielder that is, Six seven, two hundred eighty-two pounds, and he's got a great arm, and he can run, he can field, he can throw, he can hit. Uh, not only home runs, he hits for average. It's really, truly one of the most remarkable seasons I think we've seen in baseball in a long time. Jeff Charles joining us. Aaron Judge uh, going to break the bank too uh, with his whatever contract he signs next, and uh, he has uh, certainly earned it with how he has played this year, and uh, going to be. Fun to see what happens in the postseason. You know, is this the the year the Yankees uh, get back to a World Series? Because Jeff, I'm looking. I was looking the other night at some numbers. The Braves and Mets just continue to win, and the Mets keep that one game lead over Atlanta. And I was looking up some some numbers, run differential, things like that. And I happened to notice the Dodgers run differential. Jeff, they are plus three thirty this year. Uh, the next highest is the Yankees at plus two ten. The Astros plus two oh eight. In the National League, the uh, Braves are plus one seventy two. That's the closest to the Dodgers plus three thirty, uh, which is just astronomical. And again, they they were one of the best teams last year. Uh, didn't get to the World Series, knocked off by the Braves. But man, uh, that that is a tremendous run differential. I think in a, a, a historic run differential we're seeing from the Dodgers this year. Yeah, probably so, Cliff. We'd have to go back in the record books and check that out, but they have been dominant. There is no doubt about that. And their starting pitching is really good, like it usually is in Los Angeles. The only down note for the Dodgers organization this week is that Mari Wills passed away, Mm. and he's before your time, Cliff, but I remember him well. He was just an incredible base dealer. One year he stole 104 bases, which, of course, these days, nobody even comes close to that, but... What a great player he was. He was a shortstop. He was the first guy, you know, in the modern era, if you will, who stole a, a lot of bases and kind of made that fashionable. And he won gold gloves. He made all-star teams. I think he played on three World Series championship teams. And he played with a couple of other teams as well, other than the Dodgers late in his career. But everybody remembers Marty Wills as a Los Angeles Dodger went on and uh, also managed the Seattle Mariners for a while and was a coach in big league baseball passed away at age 89 in the Dodgers organization so that was sad uh, to get that news yesterday but on the field for the Dodgers this year they have been dominant and it's going to be interesting to see if anybody can slow them down coming down the stretch here of the major league baseball season as Jeff Charles joins us on the pit electric live line voice East Carolina and Navy doing battle this weekend and, and Jeff we have a number of guests on the show and I like to go different angles with different guests and with you it's more about personnel and and x's and o's and and thoughts on the game i don't really bring up gambling or the spread a lot with you but i am curious jeff did you see the spread for this east carolina navy game 
I did, but I tell you what, Cliff, I can't really remember what it was. I, with you. I thought 17 was a little high, and I think it's just because I'm having flashbacks to past Navy games, but a lot of respect put on these Pirates. They are 3-0 and against the spread this year, and we're a good covering team last year. But I don't know, Jeff, that, that number just makes me nervous looking back at all these East Carolina Navy meetings, but it shows you uh, how far this team has come under Mike Houston and the expectation for this team now, especially you know on the offensive side, that if Navy gets their yards and gets the points, the thought is that Holt Naylor's in this offense can put up a lot of points on any given Saturday. So I, I get the number, Jeff, but man, just looking back at some of these past meetings, I, I was still surprised to see it. Yeah, if you would have told people a few years ago the Pirates are going to be a 16-point <laughs> favorite over, over Navy, they would say, you know, you're crazy because we know how lopsided most of these games have been in Navy's favor. But the Pirates are better sports, as we talk all the time, uh, Cliff. It's cyclical. Yeah. And uh, right now the Pirates are on an uptick, and Navy here the last couple of years is not the Navy that we saw early on in the American Athletic Conference. So, yeah, I think it's probably a little bit high, but uh, I'm with you. I think this offense can score points against just about anybody that they play against this year. Uh, Navy's defense has been pretty good. They've done a good job against the run. I think teams are only averaging like 54 yards per game against Navy's defense uh, on uh, on the run. So, uh, you know, they've obviously got some people there who can, who can make some plays. But, Cliff, I'm doing my homework for the game, of course, here on Wednesday and Last week we talked about Campbell and how big Campbell was and how huge that offensive line was at Campbell. And this week it's a totally different story. I think Navy's only got one 300-pounder in the starting lineup as far as the offensive line is concerned. And then, you know, they always play with their defensive line with tackles that are like 250 and 260. And, you know, linebackers are 205 and 210. I mean, they're not a big football team at all. But we've seen that before, and we see how well they execute. And that's the name of the game when you're at Navy is the execution and the style of play with the triple option and what they do defensively as well, which, as I understand it, in talking to Coach Houston and to uh, Holt Naylor's the other night, their defensive principles are very similar to what East Carolina's are. So maybe that will help the Pirates a little bit. So we'll have to wait and see. But I really like the way, Cliff, you mentioned that the Pirate offense is clicking right now. I mean, Holton was terrific last week, 17 of 20, 85%. I mean, you can't do any better than that. And he was just dropping some dimes to some of those receivers. I thought it was one of the best games Holton's ever played. And if he can continue to play like that and the guys on the outside can make the plays and C.J. Johnson can continue to do what he does and Keaton Mitchell and Rajay Harris continue to run the ball well, I think the offensive line is getting better every week. That's what the coaches tell me. So, yeah, we're very encouraged. I would expect the Pirates to go out there on Saturday and score some points. Now the question is, can they stop Navy? And they've done a better job of stopping Navy since Coach Houston has been here. And one of the reasons why is Coach Houston coached a very similar offense, a Lenore Ryan and the Citadel. And Blake Harrell, the defensive coordinator, was with Mike at the Citadel. And so they they know this offense pretty well. So you know they're going to be very well prepared to at least slow down this offense on Saturday, and they've done a better job in recent years against it. So I think all of those things give Pirate fans hope that finally the Pirates can beat Navy in a game in Greenville. 
Yep, and it would be the first time ever. The Pirates have gotten Navy a couple times in Annapolis, including last year, Owen Daffer with the kick at the end. That was a back-and-forth wild game. Jeff, as you remember, the other time uh, the Pirates won against Navy, Dominique Davis had to break a record for it to happen, the the completions record, uh, and that was also uh, went down to the end of the game as well. So looking for the uh, first win here at Dowdy Ficklin Stadium. Our coverage begins 2 o'clock on the Bud Light pregame tailgate. Jeff Charles will be with us during that first hour of the show. Looking forward to that. And, man, Jeff, you – you, you break down the Pirates' schedule, and we, and we did it all off season, and still do it kind of week to week, and that tough stretch later in the year when you, you get UCF and BYU and Cincinnati and those tough teams. Well, how about what happened last week in college football? And you've got Corey Glore on the call there in Manhattan, Kansas, as Tulane knocks off Kansas State, and then South Florida had the ball at the end of the game with a chance to beat the Florida Gators, and all of a sudden it's like, man, every week is tough in the American. We kind of knew that, but now we're seeing the results on the field, and it just goes to show you, Jeff, that I think East Carolina could contend for the top of the league this year. I also think every week is going to be an absolute dogfight, and I think we're starting to see that with some of these teams and the way they're playing out there. I think you're exactly right, Cliff, and you know, we're only three weeks into this season, and there's only one undefeated team in the AAC, and that's Tulane. They are 3-0, and and that was a big win for them going out to Kansas State and winning that game last week, but there are just so many toss-up games for the Pirates coming up, and after this one, the two back-to-back road games at USF and then at Tulane, you know, both of those games look to be very difficult games now that you know you have to play extremely well on the road to win. Uh, Memphis maybe is not the Memphis they were three or four years ago, but they're still pretty good, and they pretty much uh, handled Navy without a whole lot of problems when they played them earlier this year. So that's, that's not going to be an easy game either, even though the Pirates have them at home. So... Yeah, you're right, Clip. Uh, a lot of parity this year in college football, and look what Appalachian State did again last week. That was an incredible finish over there. They they beat Troy on that Hail Mary and won it at the gun. So there have been a lot of exciting games this year, not a lot of great exciting matchups this right. early in the season going into games. Now, yeah. one here in our neck of the woods that I think everybody's going to pay a lot of attention to is number 21, Wake Forest hosting number 5 Clemson coming up in Winston-Salem on Saturday. So that's a marquee game. But, you know, usually in September you've got some games that are uh, not really top-notch kind of games because there are a lot of non-conference games. But once we roll into October, then things really start for regular. You bring up a great point, though, Jeff. You know, you're, you're right. We'll see some great matchups on paper heading into the week to get us excited. But sometimes a not-so-attractive slate can turn into a, a fantastic Saturday. And uh, we've already seen that a couple of times this year in college football. Jeff Charles joining us. The Voice will be back once again Friday for the UBE Pirate Preview coming up Friday at noon. Jeff, you have uh, any guests planned for this week's show? Yeah, we do, as a matter of fact. In fact, I lined a guest up uh, this morning, Clip David Blackwell, former ECU defensive coordinator. And uh, David's been on the staff uh, at ECU through a couple of different coaching tenures. Well, he is not coaching this year, but he's back living in Greenville. And so we had an opportunity to visit with David and catch up on the phone. And he'll be coming down to UBE on Friday at 12.15. And we'll see what he is up to these days. He still wants to coach. Had a couple of opportunities earlier this summer and things just didn't quite work out 
but uh, he's very much interested uh, in coaching after this season's over the course the jobs in December and January will will open up again and David's really had a, a terrific college football coaching career he's been so many places he's a very good coach very good guy and He'll catch on somewhere again, but, you know, Cliff, we've talked about it a bunch of times. It's a tough profession, and right now he's not coaching, but I'm sure David will get back into the game uh, again, and it will be great to catch up with him. Yes, he'll be with us at UBE on Friday about 12-15. That's great. I was reading uh, Hoist the Colors this week, a thread, and uh, fans were asking, you know, what's David Blackwell up to? And uh, very appropriate. You have him on the show this week, and we'll find that out. Uh, I really enjoyed talking to him when he was here. Uh, coaching the defense at East Carolina, and uh, we'll hear from him coming up. Jeff, uh, great to chat with you as always. Have the great rest of your week. We'll hear from you Friday, and also see you right here in the Pirate Radio Studio Saturday on the Bud Light pregame tailgate. Looking forward to a clip. Always enjoy it. Thanks. Thank you. The voice, Jeff Charles, joining us on the Pitt Electric Live Line. We will take a break, come back when we return our Flight by Yingling football practice report. We'll hear comments from Mike Houston. It is Wednesday. That means coming up later on today. Interviews with Mike Houston, Donnie Kirkpatrick, and Blake Harrell. Those will be available on social media this evening. We'll have the audio for you coming up Thursday right here on PRL. And we'll hear from the head coach when we return on Pirate Radio Live to wrap up our number one. Back with you after this. listening to Hour 1 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Country Mart. Country Mart is open every day and has two locations in Bethel on Highway 11 and in Stokes on Highway 903. Country Mart fueling you up with great food and your engines with great gasoline. Now back to the show. Welcome back. Drive a little and save a lot at Washington Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. They have a great selection of new and pre-owned vehicles plus offer service to all makes and models in a state-of-the-art facility. Drive a little and save a lot with a short trip to Washington Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram on Highway 264 in Washington, or you can go online at WashingtonChryslerDodgeJeepRam.com. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here is your host, Clip Rock. All right. Chandler said it earlier. That's what the Nats do. They win. They beat the Braves 3-2 today. Mets and Brewers scoreless in the sixth inning on your Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard presented by DeBuck. DeBuck. Ah, man, the Orioles have uh, taken a turn for the worse here late in the year. Uh, they play the Tigers tonight, but their playoff chances are uh, pretty much done at this point. Let's take a quick look at those standings. Yankees are going to win the AL East. They're up five and a half games right now. The Guardians take a five-game lead over the White Sox with a win last night. More on that later when Patrick Mason joins us. The Astros uh, are going to win the West and let's quickly let's go to the national league then we'll look at the wild cards mets and braves battling it out braves a game and a half now behind the mets in the east the cardinals uh, are going to win the central as they have an eight and a half game lead over the brewers and the dodgers are up 21 games in the nl west your wild cards right now blue jays rays mariners and that's pretty much set maybe the order of those teams can change but that's going to be your three in the uh, American League. National League, 
it's going to be the Braves or the Mets having the top wild card spot. And then three teams fighting for that last spot, Padres, Phillies, and Brewers right now would be Padres and Phillies. Brewers need to win, need to beat the Mets today to uh, stay in that race. So that's what's going on in your MLB standings. By the way, congratulations, former Pirate Connor Norby going yard last night and having three hits in his AAA debut. First pitch of his AAA debut, he ended this is what he does a lot of his home runs this year surely had the stat league. last week yeah i remember her do, uh it, telling us about this stat to consider most of his home runs were in at leadoff and that's exactly what he did last night very first pitch in durham goes yard so uh congratulations to connor norby uh for that all right let's uh get into our flight by yingling practice report the next generation of light beer is flight by yingling don't just raise a glass raise the bar Flight by Yingling, available wherever beer is sold. Pirates preparing for that option attack that did not begin on Sunday. It's been going on for a while. Mike Houston talked about the prep for Navy. Cut two. Well, you know, the thing is, you knew ahead of time. I mean, you have a regular work week, and uh, it's going to be a challenge. So, you know, we spent time this summer uh, with our game plan. Uh, we literally practiced uh, against Navy's offense every every practice during preseason camp every day um and then you know we've been working it on sunday nights just trying to make sure our guys stayed you know dialed into the game plan so it's not like we're starting cold uh which did help uh you know sunday we were able to you know have a full kind of you know at least go through the game plan against their offense uh i think their defense presents its own challenges uh but uh, you know we had a pretty good practice sunday night uh a lot of guys around the facility on their own yesterday watching film. Uh, so, you know, we feel like we're at least prepared for practice today. Now, the challenge is just how do you replicate, you know, what they do. And it's, you know, we can have guys go out there and line up and, you know, run through their plays. But, you know, it's, you know, with them, it's, it's not as much what they do as how they do it. And uh, I just think they do a great job with execution. Uh, their line play is just, it's so hard to replicate. And so, uh, you know, that's going to be the challenge this week is getting our scout teams to give us as good a look as possible and, and get them to play as fast as possible, which is not going to be anywhere near you know, how fast Navy runs their offense. One name on the staff that has been popping up this week is Roy Tesh and how he helps uh, this defense prepare for the option, has a lot of experience with it, and Mike Houston detailed that. Cut three, how is Roy Tesh helping out uh, Navy prep? Well, I mean, he's, you know, he, he was with us at Lenore Ryan when we ran it. He was with us at the Citadel when we ran it. He actually coached on offense uh, for a year uh, at Lenore Ryan. So, one, he understands the offense. Uh, but, two, just, you know, all that time coaching defensive line, I mean, you know, when you, when you run it, that's what you go against during spring practice. That's what you go against during preseason camp. We had multiple teams in both leagues that ran a similar offense. So, he's got a lot of experience against it. Um, yeah. The thing is, he has no eligibility left. You know, none, none of the coaches do. So it's how good of a job can he do preparing his players to face that offense. You know, that's, that's the challenge. But, you know, Roy, I don't care what job you give him. He's going to do a phenomenal job in preparation and make sure his guys are ready to play. And so I expect, uh, expect those guys to be prepared for Saturday night. All right, Mike Houston there. Roy Tesh helping out in the prep. Uh, Brian Bailey asked, what is the – key to stopping the option uh, a lot of different answers for this here's how coach houston answered it uh it cut four well I, th- I think the most important thing is being able to try to to try to match their physicality 
uh, extremely physical offensive line. And then it comes back to, you know, just doing your job. And no matter what we have called, everybody has a responsibility. And it's, it's you know, this, that's, that's probably the two most important things for that group up front this week is matching the physicality of the Navy offense and then doing their job, you know, play after play. You know, because all, all it takes is one misfit, you know, one guy, you know, not, not being responsible for his, you know, responsibility on a certain play, and that's when you see the huge plays. And that's kind of been their, you know, their M.O. for years is they'll three yard you, four yard you, three yard you, four yard you, and then they'll 70 yard you. And that's, uh, you know, we just, we've seen it, you know, time after time over the years, uh, both sides. Uh, so, you know, that's, that's the real challenge is, is being able to just sit there and down in and down out, be that disciplined and that physical. All right, there is Mike Houston talking Navy. He also talked Military Appreciation Day, which is coming up on Saturday during the game and will be a part of the festivities here was his thoughts on it. Uh, Cut number 10. Well, I mean, the reality is none of us would be here living the lives we lived if it weren't for our military protecting us and defending our country. And uh, I think uh, I got even more of a special appreciation for it after my time at the Citadel. Uh, I have very close friends who are uh, in various branches of the military. um, And we're going to have... you know, a lieutenant colonel come and uh, you know be our motivational speaker Friday night uh, as part of this week, and so I think it's something that's very important to us. Uh, we talk about it a lot, not just this week. I mean, we talk about it a lot with the team throughout the year. Uh, we talked about it on 9/11 uh, this year, so I think it's just something we all need to we all need to understand. You know, slow down every once in a while and just you know say thank you because we're allowed to. We're allowed to live this life in this country because of the sacrifices of the men and women that serve in our military. All right, there is Mike Houston. We'll uh, got more from Coach Houston and the Pirate players on our flight by England practice report to get to later on in today's program. <clears throat> I just saw this tweet from uh, Ben Porter, and it is a picture from a newspaper when Babe Ruth hit his 60th home run. And he said, a reminder that Babe Ruth's 60th home run, 60th home run was the most Nick Castellanos moment of all time. And we, we see like the news today and everything, and, and people say, man, this, what's wrong with the world today? And you just go back in time and see that the world has always been somewhat the way it is. Uh, so here's the newspaper that day, and it's got kind of in the middle, Ruth hits 60th home run. That's in the largest font, by the way. But here's the other stories on the front page. Woman shoots U.S. judge on bench. Interesting that judge is in that paper since he hit his 60th last night. All rise. 91 (laughs) St. Louis tornado dead. Man. Widow fires four shots. Girl's bodies found over, and I only see the top fold, so I don't know where the bodies were found. But uh, all this is going on when <laughs> Ruth hit 60th home run. What, what year was that? Uh, Ruth hit 60th home run in six. Well, Mary is 60, baby. I don't know. <laughs> Let me find that year. Babe Ruth, 60th home run. But that was a um, – that's a lot of headlines for one day. By the way, how much did that paper cost, Shirley? I would say it would cost a nickel. I was going to say like $0.10. Cent. Uh, three. Three cents? Yeah. 
That's a bargain. Babe Ruth, 1927. 1927. Yeah. Okay. So there you go. So a woman a shot a judge. Woman shot a judge on bench. And that's a long drive on the deep left field. Widow shoots, fires four shots. Four shots. And that's a deep drive ball. 91 St. Louis Tornado dead. That's a weird way to say the headline, isn't it? Uh, yeah. So I'm, I'm assuming that he, they mean 91 people dead yeah. due to a St. Louis Tornado. And they, bodies of four girls were found? Girls' bodies found over, and we will never know. Okay. Because I only got the top fold of the paper. Interesting. Yeah. So a lot of violence and then a homer. And natural disaster. Ah, yes. So sports, murders, weather, natural disasters, kind of status quo. Sounds like 2022. It sounds like my channel selection when I'm watching TV. Yeah. I mean, sports, natural disasters, (laughs) murder. (laughs) There you go. Uh, It's uh, been happening, folks, and still is and always will. We will get real, too, coming up in hour two. We have a funeral. We have a birthday announcement. I um, I wrote some poetry. Wow. So you were busy today. I tell you what, I put in the work today. You did one more. All for this one Patrick Mason segment. <laughs> that's the only thing I worked on today. Well, I appreciate it. Oh, that's cool. That's, that's awesome. Cool. Thanks, guys. I was so worried when I texted him, hey, Patrick, you available at 4.30? He's going to be like, sorry, can't do it today. I was like, oh, no. I did all this all work this for, for nothing. nothing. All this for nothing. Uh, when we return, Pete Medhurst joins us. He's the play-by-play voice of the Navy Midshipman. And, boy, how about his life? He's also on the Nationals uh, radio network and covers Commanders football. <laughs> Tough times for Pete. But will this Navy team turn it around? Will it happen on Saturday? We sure hope not, but we'll uh, find out why they're 0-2 and how they could improve when we return on Pirate Radio Live Hour 2 on tap after this. listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour brought to you by Washington Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. Drive a little and save a lot with a short trip to Washington Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram on Highway 264 in Washington at WashingtonChryslerDodgeJeepRam.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Uh, Town Insurance is your premier independent insurance agency. From maximizing opportunities to minimizing risk, Town's insurance advisors offer expert professional advice to clients of all sizes. For personal or business insurance questions, call 756-8300 today. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip Rock. Back with the Hour 2 Pirate Radio Live here on a Wednesday. Patrick Mason joins us for a very special segment at around 4.30. Steve and I go here at 5 o'clock. And more comments from Mike Houston and the Pirate players ahead of East Carolina Navy. But right now, we've given you the purple gold take on it all week and we'll continue to do so leading up to kickoff. Let's get the Navy take on it from Pete Medhurst, play-by-play voice of the midshipman. He joins us here on pirate radio live on the pit electric live line pete welcome back to pirate radio how you doing always good to be with you guys and when i'm with you guys that means we're headed for the 
Eastern North Carolina barbecue. Can't wait. Yes, sir. And we got plenty for you uh, waiting here. Hope you can enjoy that and enjoy a good football game. And uh, Navy, Pete, we talked to you in the summer about how Navy had struggled coming out of the gate. And, and part of that reason was due to tough scheduling. The schedule was a little bit lighter compared to years past this year coming out of the gate, but an 0-2 start for the midshipmen. So how do you kind of diagnose uh, the first two games, Pete, for Navy? And, uh, and um, they got a lot to clean up, it looks like. Football and sports in general are real simple. It's about execution. If you don't execute what you are uh, you know, trying to do, and let's face it, for us, it's, it's executing triple option. Unfortunately, right now, that execution is not up to the standard that we've achieved in the past, and that group is in search of it. And I know early bye weeks are kind of frowned upon uh, for the most part. You'd love to have it in the middle of the season after you've played five or six games. Guys can get some downtime and heal up for those final you know five or six games there at the end of the season but for this navy team this bye week may have come at a good time a chance for the coaches to self-scout players to self-reflect and look back at what's not working right now because this group has always set a high standard from a coaching and playing standpoint and you know right now they're not playing to that standard admittedly and right now that bye week was a, probably a great time to step down take a look at what's happening and try to figure out the reasons why the offense isn't working because the defense, quite frankly, has been really good. Uh, the front seven's been fantastic for the most part. And uh, unfortunately, Navy just not playing complimentary football right now. And, you know, hey, the American Athletic Conference, the beauty of it uh, is for the fans, it's entertaining football because it's usually great football every week. But for Navy, you look above the marquee and it gets even tougher with East Carolina now coming up on Saturday night. Pete Medhurst joining us, Pitt Electric Live Line. So, Pete, is this bye week more about you know, fine-tuning things and, and getting back to, to what Coach Niamatololo wants them to do? Or do you think we see, you know, personnel changes here and there? Or what does this bye week uh, or did the bye week, uh, how did it help Navy? You know, I think, look, I mean, anytime you have a situation where you're not being successful, you know, every job is open. But at the same time, I think you're not going to see a ton of changes uh, coming into this football game. You know, we've got some offensive line you know, jobs that might be still in the offing. Uh, plenty of guys have gotten snaps over the first couple of weeks. Other than that, you know, quarterbacks going to be the same. Running backs are going to be the same. Wide receivers are going to be the same. So it's a matter of those guys fine-tuning what's happening, executing better. And, look, I mean, you go back and look at what we've done. Fumbling on the first play of the season in our own territory, giving Delaware the ball plus field position, uh, carrying the football into plus field position with a 15-yard run, but fumbling on the end of the run. So those types of things you hope are correctable uh, because fumbling the football is something that this team cannot afford to do. And, you know, our margin for error, whether we're playing Delaware or Alabama, is still the same. And in this game of football, when you give away possessions now, um, it's just a dagger. And uh, that's what's happening. Uh, at inopportune times over the first two games. Talking to Pete Medhurst, play-by-play voice of the Navy midshipmen. Navy has uh, on the series uh, seven to two, but East Carolina did win last year in a classic up in Annapolis. And over the years, man, we have seen some really great quarterbacks leading this option attack with Malcolm Perry and Keenan Reynolds, and and you go back to Dobbs, and there, there's a lot of names there, Pete, that we remember. How about this year? Who? Uh, Who's running the show? Who are some weapons to watch out for offensively for Navy this week? 
Well, there's no doubt. I mean, Ty Lovatai is still our quarterback. And, uh, you know, last year represented some growth, especially in the latter part of last season. Played extremely well in the East Carolina game uh, last year and played well under the spotlight of the Army game last season. So the Mids had a lot of confidence where his growth was concerned uh, coming into this season. And clearly it's still a work in progress right now. Mikel Hayward, a young fellow from Wake Forest, North Carolina, is going to be a name you're going to see because of his uh, great speed. Uh, that he has. He's going to be a factor uh, for the mids at the running back spot. Uh, Dabo Fofana uh, has been one of three guys that, you know, almost by, you know, performance, he's the one guy that hasn't turned it over at the B-back spot over the first couple of games. So he's probably going to be the guy at the fullback position, which obviously carries a lot uh, in our offense as well. So, you know, from that standpoint, you know, the depth chart doesn't lie. Those are the guys that we're pretty much looking for. Uh, on the offensive side, the key thing I think too, and you might see this this week. Ty Levitai's a good thrower. He was a really good thrower. Played in a spread in high school. I wouldn't be a bit surprised if the mids threw the ball a couple of times more, not much more, but a couple of times more uh, than you expect. You've got two guys on the outside, and Jaden Umbarger and Mark Walker, who are capable uh, pass catchers and, and good athletes on the outside. So I wouldn't be surprised if Ty Levitai put the ball in the air a couple of more times. Uh, per game as this season goes along. And that's something that uh, we have seen burn the Pirates in the past in these games. Uh, Pete Medhurst joining us. Pete, East Carolina's offense uh, clicking right now. Got the run game and pass game going last week uh, against an inferior opponent uh, against Campbell. But in, in a lot of these meetings in the past, and, and yeah, the, the defense has given up a lot of points to Navy, but the offense hasn't helped out. And, and if you go three and out, Navy score, three and out, Navy score, and you're in a hole, man, it's tough to climb out of, and we've seen that in the past in these matchups. So East Carolina's going to come out, try to score some points. How about you mentioned Navy's defense uh, has played well. Um, What's looking good on that side of the ball? Who's leading the charge uh, for the midshipmen there? Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt front seven's been fantastic. We had a, a dynamic combo at nose guard last year because both guys played so well. You know, Brian Newberry decided to move Clay Cromwell over to defensive tackle to get him and Donald Berniard Jr. on the field at the same time alongside Jacob Busick at defensive end. And, you know, yes, we lost Diego Fago, one of the best to ever wear the uniform at Navy, but we've got four linebackers playing uh, right now in the rotation in the middle. All four guys easily, you know, uh, capable of starting right now. That's a good problem to have. And it keeps guys fresh, keeps guys that can make plays in the game all at the same time. You know, our strikers and Raiders, John Marshall and Nicholas Straw, have been uh, fantastic so far uh, this season. And certainly we've got some youth and inexperience in our secondary, and those guys are kind of getting that you know trial by fire. I mean, Seth Hennigan's a good quarterback. You make a mistake in coverage, he's going to expose it, as he did a couple of times uh, last week against the Mids. And, you know, this is the one thing you can never discount about East Carolina. Holt Naylor's has played 45 football games. He started 40 in a row. That experience counts for something. That loyalty counts for something because it's not something we see in college football anymore. I mean, Holton, I know he's a hometown kid, but heck, with that extra year due to COVID, he could have gone anywhere and certainly been a commodity uh, to a lot of different programs. But he has chosen to stay there and see it through. And the great thing is for East Carolina fans and for Holton, too, they're starting to get the rewards now for that loyalty. You know, Owen Daffer's kick last year here in Annapolis, you know, would have been good from 74. He hit it so good 
uh, in that 54-yard game winner. And in that game alone, I thought that game represented a turning point culture-wise for Memphis, or excuse me, for East Carolina. There was a moment in the game on that fourth down at the goal line that every player for East Carolina got up off the bench, every single player. They came over to the the sideline around the coaching staff to watch that play, and Navy stopped them on down. And you're thinking at that point, all right, that's kind of what has happened to East Carolina. You know, they tease you, they get stopped, and, you know, maybe they end up as a five-win team again. But in that game, Holt Naylor just would not let them lose that football game last year. No matter how many big plays Navy came up with in that game, you know, Holt Naylor's was not going to let his team lose on that Saturday. And I just thought that game, and certainly because of Holton himself, I thought that was the turning point in establishing winning culture for Mike Houston there uh, with that game in Annapolis. And obviously, you know, what should have been a postseason reward uh, for them. And look, let's face it, barring any major injuries, this East Carolina team is going to be a factor all the way through to November, uh, potentially uh, in the American, where this league is wide open. Uh, this season. There's a lot of quality in it. You saw Tulane go on the road and win last week at Kansas State, but this East Carolina team, look, let's face it, they should be unbeaten. They should have beaten NC State. They outplayed them, and Owen Daffer is going to make a couple kicks later this year that are going to win games uh, for East Carolina, and they showed you right then and there that uh, they're going to be a force to be reckoned with uh, in this league this year. Well, Pete, usually it's Jeff Charles firing up the pirate fan base, but uh, you just had pirate fans pumping their fists listening to the, in, the, in their cars as you talk about that. That was uh, that was pretty great to hear your firsthand account of what happened last year in Annapolis. And you're right. I feel like uh, it has finally all come together. It's been a long time coming. but uh, And you look around the American, Pete, and, and I've been kind of saying this this week. I've been talking out of both sides of my mouth. On one side, every week's going to be a dogfight. That includes this week. That includes includes a trip to South Florida, who just about knocked off Florida. That includes a trip to Tulane, who uh, knocked off Kansas State in Manhattan. And we know about the, the big boys with Cincinnati and all. But I feel like East Carolina has at least put themselves in, a, in the discussion to be the top team in the American. And again, it's early in the season, but how do you see it? You've seen Memphis. What do you think about the league as a whole this year? Look, I mean, if you can tell me the difference, you know, look, Cincinnati gave Arkansas a hell of a football game. So I think it probably still starts with Cincinnati. You know, I'll, I'll never forget Luke Fickle's first year. We rolled up 500, almost 600 <laughs> yards rushing against them. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we got them too, and that, that ended pretty quick. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure that we've had 600 yards rushing in any <laughs> combined, right. uh, you know, against them since then. But, look, they're, they're going to be exiting, you know, the league, but you're going to have to deal with them this year. Uh, I don't think any any spot – you know, and Temple's going to need some time with a new coaching staff, it looks like, so far. But other than that, man, I mean, there's no soft spots in this league. If you don't bring your A game, you're going to be in A game a lot longer than you probably uh, are hoping for. But that's, look, I mean, that's college football in a league like the American. The league has been uh, so good in years past. You know, Houston's played some good people, and unfortunately, uh, has has taken some hits here, but again, in terms of the league, you know they're going to be a major factor here with Clayton Tune, another guy that's played a lot of football games, kind of like uh, Holt Naylor's Memphis. Certainly, offensively, you know Seth Hennigan's going to be uh, a good spot. Question is, will their defense play again like it did last week? Certainly, played much better against Navy than it did uh, Mississippi State. 
So if they get some defensive play to complement, you know, Hennigan in that offense, that's never a picnic uh, playing there. Neither Florida team is going to be a picnic uh, to play, uh, as we well know. So, you know, Tulsa and, and Philip Montgomery's been there a long time. They've played some good football uh, already this season. And as we mentioned, Tulane and Willie Fritz went to Kansas State and picked up a W. So you tell me where the soft spot is in this league. But that's why I think a team like East Carolina has a major, you know, advantage when you've got a guy like Holt Naylor's playing quarterback because there's always going to be calm, there's always going to be poise, and big moments are not going to be too big for the Pirates. Uh, You know, that offense has shown this year, look, when they had to go down the field against State, they got down the field. Um, you know, you, you've got two running backs that every time they touch the football, um, there's an explosive play waiting to happen. And if you can continue to um, even moderately get explosive plays, that's the difference. You know, that's such a huge difference uh, in college football uh, these days when you have people capable of making explosive plays like that every time they touch the football. Pete Medhurst joining us. will be on the call Saturday when East Carolina faces Navy, 6 o'clock, Dowdy Ficklin Stadium. Our pregame coverage begins at 2 on the Bud Light pregame tailgate. Uh, so, Pete, you're keeping up with the American, looking around the league. Also, I'm sure keeping an eye on Air Force and Army as uh, Navy, going back to 2003, has won 11 Commander-in-Chief's trophies. And uh, most recently in 2019, it was actually shared so I guess that means Army retains the trophy uh, from 2020 because it was shared last year. So as you, you go week to week, look at the AAC. How much are you you keeping an eye on uh, Air Force and Army, Pete? Well, you always got to you always keep an eye on uh, on everybody. And you know, Joe Miller and I do the Navy games. We have our own uh, college football podcast, and we 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 keep up with pretty much everybody. I mean, Air Force got off to a great start, but got tripped up by Wyoming. Uh, last week in a great game out there, 17-14. to 14. Army, of course, uh, with a nice win uh, last week over UTSA. So uh, it's a, it's a, those battles between the three are, are knockdown, drag-out games because it's one of the few times all year where each opponent faces an opponent who is similar in size, speed. Uh, you know, most of the teams recruited, all the players, you know, Army, Navy, and Air Force usually recruit from the same talent pool of high academic um, you know, good football players. So there's a lot of familiarity with them. And you're also talking about, though, in the case of all three service academies, you've got three tremendous football coaches, Troy Calhoun, Jeff Munkin, and Kenny Amatololo. Uh, the results speak for themselves. All three men uh, know exactly what they're doing on the sidelines. And that's what makes playing a service academy even that much tougher is uh, not only do the kids play, you know, hard every single play and don't concede anything, but you've got three great coaching staffs that coach those teams. So uh, that's that's the beauty of Service Academy football. You're in for a battle each and every week because they're going to be well-prepared and they're going to give you 150% each and every week. Pete Medhurst joining us, part of the Nats Radio Network. My Braves, once again, uh, taking care of the Nats last night. Been a rough year <laughs> for Washington. And, and Pete, being here in North Carolina, uh, I am. I think I'm like a lot of folks that are around my age grew up uh you know, no baseball team here, so Braves fan. Uh, the closest NFL team was Washington, so I got that from my my dad and and my granddad. But uh, and and so I am a Commanders fan. We talked about this during the summer, and and it's been bad since I've been really paying attention. I think 1995, the first year I really started watching week to week. It's been bad, and I hate to be reactionary, but Sunday when it's 22 to nothing and Washington's yet to get a first down. 
I mean, that, that was pretty bottom of the barrel for me. And uh, I just, <laughs> it was for all of us, man. I mean, yeah. Look, let's face it. The offense is better. There's no doubt about that. The problem is, you know, the defense uh, right now is a colander, man. I mean, it, <laughs> you know, what, whatever you do, it's seemingly working against the defense. Yeah. Because the offense rebounded to put up 27 points in the second half. Yeah, put up a fight in the second half. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately – uh, the defense just couldn't get a stop, and if you know that—that's the the bigger issue to me. I mean, is is can they get this defense solved? Because this offense is explosive. There's no doubt about that. Uh, right now, they've got some guys uh, that can go out there and uh, and make some plays. And Wentz has certainly looked the part uh, so far. Has to be an upgrade over the old Dominion Monarch Taylor Heineke, a guy that's got tremendous moxie, plays with great intensity, but uh, unfortunately doesn't have the howitzer that Carson Wentz has attached. Uh, to his right arm. So, offensively, you're hoping they can continue to make progress. And, heck, they might just have to outscore people every week like the old uh, San Diego Chargers used to. Either way, probably going to be very entertaining football because they do have some weapons uh, on the offensive side. Question is, uh, can uh, a former American product like Derek Forrest at Cincinnati help them in the secondary now uh, play some better football? And uh, we'll, we'll see coming up. Pete Medhurst joining us. Pete, always great to chat with you, man. Enjoyed it, and uh, have a great call this Saturday. And like you said, uh, enjoy some great barbecue while you're here as well. And uh, we'll catch up with you again when ECU and Navy meet on the uh, football field. They've met on the basketball court uh, not uh, just a few years ago, so maybe uh, we'll talk about that too. But, Pete, thanks for uh, joining us, and uh, we'll chat again soon down the road, man. Always good to be with you. Thank you. Pete Medhurst, looking forward to some barbecue and uh, a good football game coming up this Saturday at Dowdy Ficklin Stadium. Let's take a break. We'll come back when we return. Boy, it's uh, going to be an emotional segment of radio. Open up the church doors. Let the people sit in the pews. We've got... Hand out the bulletins. We've got poetry, a montage, a live singing, a funeral, a celebration... A lot of emotion bringing out the handkerchiefs. Patrick Mason joins us. He has no clue what we're talking about. He probably has a somewhat of a clue, but no clue what he's in for when we return. More to go. Pirate Radio Live. We'll also talk football with Patrick after this. Listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour brought to you by Washington Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. Drive a little and save a lot with a short trip to Washington Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram on Highway 264 in Washington at Washington Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram.com. Now back to the show. Welcome back. Country Mart has been locally owned and operated for over 40 years and is your premier country store serving the best cheese biscuits and country food around. Country Mart is open every day and has two locations at Bethel on Highway 11 and in Stokes on Highway 903. And both locations are top of the line fuel stations serving shell gas, including 93 ethanol free high octane gas, which is the best for all the boat owners. Country Mart fueling you up with great food and your engines with great gasoline. Now let's head back into PRL. Here's Clip Rock. Fly in the studio. Fly in the studio. Did you get him? There's not many things, Shirley, that can rattle 
a radio host. But flying the studio is one. Did you get him with no, the No, I didn't get him. I didn't come close. So sorry. Yeah. Patrick Mason's here. Daily Reflector. Hello, Patrick. Hello, hello. Good to see you. Yeah, you too. Good to be seen. That's right. <laughs> Chan Man, Shirley Rhodes here as well. We got a lot of football to talk about. I don't know if we're going to have time to get to it today because we got a lot of prepared material. <laughs> so, circle of life, right? There's life, there's death, there's sadness, there's celebrations, hills and valleys, ups and downs. I mean, that's just what we go through, right? Yeah. It, <laughs> the circle of life. Exactly. The Lion King taught us that way back when. I know. Ayo <laughs> I watched a movie last... Oh, I watched Fight Club. It's a good movie. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, there's a lot of living and dying in that movie, too. That is true. <laughs> that is true. Well said. And uh, a, lot, a few things kind of spurred this, uh, these thoughts in my head today. One was your, your baseball team, who had died, but you resuscitated. Yes. <laughs> and then pulled the plug on again. Uh, last night after losing to Cleveland, but also a, a very special birthday in your life, I understand, right? That's true. Yeah, my, my dog, Arthur, he turned six today. That's awesome. So, like, we go through these things. There's cries, there's laughs, there's smiles, there's tears, and you just you deal with it all, right? All at once. And yeah, It and just comes like a firestorm, you know? It's pretty emotional, and if you do need to cry today, that's fine. I've, cr- I've cried before. I might need to, honestly. Yeah, I mean, just get it out right here on the show. But, um... I don't know. I wanted to put it into words. So uh, I'd like to read this poem. (laughs) This poem is titled 21 September. 21 September by Clip Rock. Uh, Do I need to uh, do the uh, special music? No, thank you. Not right now. I would like complete silence. Okay. And that includes people in their cars listening. I'd like for you to pull over. If you could put it in park and listen not just not just hear but listen right chandler i want people to hear this i also want people to listen to this take it in and don't just listen listen right 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 yeah 21 september by clip brock a child is brought into this earth a nation loses its queen The palpable flames of summer rage on until fall creeps back on the scene. Every end is a new beginning. Every beginning has its end. Life is not a DJ Khaled song. Sometimes you don't win. 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 I felt that. Thank you. 21 september (laughs) what did you what did what did let's go around the room what did you get from that a lot of heartbreak but also life goes on and you just kind of i guess the message to me was you just have to kind of take it in stride and keep your head up and kind of keep moving i'm glad you got that from that but you know everybody's different chandler what did you take away from that i uh what i got from that is look a lot of things are going to go on in life good or bad but there's always one thing the sun will rise in the morning that is correct shirley anything to add 
Every beginning has an ending, and every ending has a beginning. It's right there in the words. Well said. Yeah. Perfect. Well said. <laughs> no laughing. This is serious. Why do we bring this up today? Because uh, last night the White Sox began a series with the Guardians of the ga- the Galaxy, and uh, I guess Patrick, did you have renewed hope? I did. I did. I like you said. I finally resuscitated them for one more time, and I brought them back into my life one more time. Clear. Yep. I let them into my house. I let them come on in. Let Tony. them into my emotions once more time. Tony, that sofa sleeps well if you need to during the game. Yep. Offered up the spare room. I mean, it, it was all open for you. Yeah. And Arthur was wagging his tail. He was. I mean, he he was right there with me watching it. And yeah uh patrick live tweeted his experience (laughs) and we put those tweets into words today so let's kind of relive what happened last night as patrick mason watched the white Sox play the guardians playoff baseball tonight the boys need a sweep cease is already at 30 pitches with no outs in the second When your outfielders fall down and your pitcher can't throw strikes, it's going to be a long game. Not sure why I expected much else from the Sox. Still early, though. Josh Harrison showed up to play tonight. A couple of incredible plays already. The way they've handled his injury is malpractice. Just brutal. Time for some bullpen magic. Whoa. Absolutely a missed call at the plate there. Honestly, what's the point of having replay if you can't use it there? Sox just got the biggest break of the season. What a poke by Abreu. Absolutely brutal. What a way for the season to end. Such a fitting end for this maddening White Sox team. This has to be the most painful season of my life. (laughs) Man. Oh boy, Are you, Patrick! That was incredible, you guys. I, I'm I'm actually tearing up. I'm going to take you up on that offer. I'm, oh my goodness! <laughs> I need a handkerchief or something. Yeah. Oh, oh my goodness! <laughs> so sad. Chandler, beautiful graphic. As uh... honest to goodness, this that <laughs> reminds me of every Dolphins football game I ever watched up until uh, this year. You guys, that was incredible. Yeah, we, <laughs> and that's just for you, Patrick, because we care about you. We we. We know you're in a tough spot right now, and we want to be your friends that that help you uh, out of it. I'm glad and, you guys are there for me. And we do ask the people uh, in lieu of flowers, memorials may be made at Patrick Mason's Twitter at PM222. <laughs> you could send him uh, a gift that says, hang in there, or maybe a cat poster. Yeah, I need all the support Something. I can get right now. At PM222. Send him some love. PM222. It's a dark day uh robert got uh out of my poem that white helmets are bad luck robert you missed the point i don't think he pulled over he was he was concentrating on driving (laughs) yeah robert (laughs) you need to go back and listen again in fact let me read it one more time for you this is 21 september by clip brown a child is brought into this earth a nation loses its queen the palpable flames of summer rage on until fall creeps back on the scene every end is a new beginning every beginning has its end life is not a dj Khaled song sometimes you don't win win 
when <laughs> life has not been a dj Khaled song for my sports fandom <laughs> for about my whole life but. mike p says in lieu of flowers patrick requests that we smash the likes <laughs> that's right smash a like every like is a smile that patrick will have throughout the end of this baseball season and the off season as the white Sox try to get better and hopefully fire tony Larusa and move on let's hope let's hope but we do want to end this on a a bright note and i would love for us all if we could to sing happy birthday to arthur the uh the the good boy the the friendly pup what kind of uh breed of dog we talking there he's a like a shepherd retriever kind of mix okay Um, he's like almost 80 pounds so he's kind of a big fella but he's, he's a good boy good boy big fella uh everybody ready to go yes all right We're, this one's out to arthur here we go <laughs> happy birthday to you happy birthday to you happy play that for arthur when you get home that's the first thing i'm doing <laughs> he's gonna love it you guys he's gonna bark his he will yep he's gonna love it all right patrick I, you feel better kind of getting it all out talking about it i do yeah I, I do feel like a new man a little bit the dark cloud that was the white Sox has, has moved on to you know some other teams some other you know fan bases problem for all sure right. so mike p on facebook has a great idea in what's lieu, that channel? What you got for in me in lieu mike of p. flowers yeah in lieu of flowers Patrick requests we smash the likes. Man, that is (laughs) hilarious, man. What if I read that and said that like 35 seconds ago? Just a reminder. (laughs) Well, I just wanted to remind the people that might have fell asleep during the service. That's right. If you fell asleep during the service and you just woke up and said, what's going on? If your head was still bowed, you know, you you can come back. In lieu of flowers, smash the like. Thanks, Chandler. That was awesome, you guys. That was incredible. Best in the business. Let's take a break. We'll come back when we return. We'll talk a little football. Because life goes on. The, I ri- don't, the I, sun will rise in the morning. They're not going to cancel the game just because the White Sox are dead. They shouldn't. No way. We didn't cancel the game when the Queen died. Yeah, got to nope. power through. You don't just get a day off for Arthur's birthday. No, you got nope. to come to work. Who does that? We'll take a break. Who does? Back. Who who takes a day off just because it's their birthday? That is <laughs> sickening. Shirley, do you have who an answer? Who does that? Do you know who does that? Chandler! Who does that? That is just so gross. That's disgusting and unprofessional. Oh, that's all right, though. Because I'm pulling double duty on game day. No. Why not? Glenn will be here. The big eh. dog will be here. <laughs> I'll, pull, I'll pull double duty. I'm going to have a little fun. We'll be back with more after this. (laughs) 
You're listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour brought to you by Washington Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. Drive a little and save a lot with a short trip to Washington Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram on Highway 264 in Washington at WashingtonChryslerDodgeJeepRam.com. Now, back to the show. Whoop, wrong microphone. Let's try this one. Welcome back uh, to the show. And for the latest breaking news, interesting stories, and awesome contests that can make you a winner, be sure to follow Pirate Radio on our social media. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at PR927FM. Join the over 59,000 followers today. Now let's head back into the show. Here's Clip. Charlie getting a little practice for Saturday, doing a little double duty here. Yeah, I don't want to. I Where did you run off to? We can't say. <laughs> can't say what happens during the break. Oh. Was he hiding? We were playing hide-and-go-seek. And I won. <laughs> Patrick Mason's here. While we're piling on, Patrick, let me get this out of the way real quick. Yeah, just just bring it. Uh, Safe place. Fewest completed passes by teams in the NFL this season through two weeks. Titans, 32. That's, I guess that's, they like to run a little bit. Panthers. I knew that. I knew we were up there somewhere. <laughs> Thirty. So Tony had over Baker completions week one, wasn't it? Like twenty. It was nineteen and a half. Nineteen. And he had eighteen or nineteen. Sixteen. So he had fourteen completions last week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fourteen for twenty-nine. Forty-niners twenty-eight, and number one with a bullet. Remember, we're talking NFL, and boy, these offenses are wide open now. The, they, the game is geared toward passing. Passing, high-flying offense. The Bears have completed 15 passes this year. The Bears. I think seven the other night. So did he complete more in the wet game than he did in the yeah, Sunday which, night game? Yeah, it, <laughs> it's incredible. I think he only threw like 11 times. Which, yeah. How do you do that? You can't win in no. the NFL. I mean, I'm saying something obvious here, but that is brutal. I mean, the rules are just geared toward passing. Like, <laughs> they want you to throw the ball. That being said, David Montgomery had a uh, good statistical game against Green Bay. Yeah. So, what you got to use that to open up the pass, right? But <laughs> hasn't happened. In theory. Has not happened yet. All right, uh, Patrick, let's talk Pirates and Midshipmen and East Carolina. A big favorite in this game. Pirates are 3-0 and against the spread. They also have a long winning streak when they are favored uh, by 10 points or more, just winning outright. Fourth in the country, longest streak in that department, according to Brett McMurphy. So uh, how do you feel about the team as they get ready for this option attack they'll see on Saturday? Uh, I honestly I feel really good about it. Um, this this offense you're going to face in Navy, it's really just about being disciplined and you know, just you just got to be smart about where you're going and stuff. And uh, you know, Coach Houston was saying that they've been practicing this since summer ball, <laughs> which I thought was kind of cool. At least they're throwing some sort of wrinkle in in every practice. So I mean, this was this game is something they were really looking forward to, and I, I think they're going to be ready. And Navy doesn't have one of their all-world quarterbacks. But Malcolm Perry, Keenan Reynolds still give the Pirate fans nightmares from previous years. They don't really have that this year. But it's still same old option attack. Blake Harrell's defense has done an admirable job. To I would say admirable to good compared to defenses of the past for East Carolina stopping the option. We had a pretty low-scoring game for the modern era of college football two years ago when Mason Garcia had to start uh, when Holton Aylers was out due to a, a false positive COVID test. And then last year, 
Uh, Navy scored on special teams, I want to say. I think they had a kick return for a touchdown in that game. But uh, East Carolina able to win that one on the Owen Daffer field goal. I think the offense can do enough this week, even if Navy's rushing offense does get going for 400 yards and you know can can chew up some clock. I think we have enough offense, and I think uh, I trust Blake Carroll and that staff enough defensively to uh, get the W this weekend. Yeah, the, I think the offense has proven that it, it can hang on to the ball and actually put together long drives. So I'm not worried about that at all. I'm not worried about like you know Navy just playing keep away all game. I mean, it's certainly always a, an issue when you face an offense like that. But I think you know ECU can can definitely figure it out. And if you think about the the Pirates' defense, the way that they've played, they've actually excelled really well against the run and playing downhill. The only problems that have cropped up is you know letting some free runners go by in the secondary. So yeah. I mean. <clears throat> Obviously, I think it kind of works out good for them. I mean, obviously, this this is still tricky. I think uh, I think it was Xavier Smith was saying like he's still you know asking people for little tips and stuff on how to read this offense. So uh, you know, it's always going to be tricky, but I, th- I think it's going to work out well. And this isn't a huge concern for me, but we're looking to hit every angle here. East Carolina has been much better in the second half than they have the first half this year, and you don't want to fall behind to navy and we'll talk about it with i go i feel like we've talked about it for years and years those times where east carolina has gone three and out and navy scored three and out navy scores you get down two possessions to navy it's like three or four possessions to another team so gotta have a quick start offensively and uh, a solid defensive effort in the first half would be nice as well maybe get off to a bit of a, a quicker start yeah, and I think maybe part of the slow start was just sort of a, a product of who you're playing at some points. Like, you know, that, that Campbell quarterback, it took a little while to kind of figure out what he was able to do. Yeah. Um, you know, NC State's obviously really talented. So, I mean, stuff like that, it might take a little while to get into a game, but, you know. And you mentioned East Carolina holding on to the football. Since those two first-half interceptions against NC State, which really, you know, Holden says were, were on him, just uh, – plays he should have made zero turnovers for the pirates since then so uh they have played clean uh played clean hold nailer 17 of 20 incredible incredible i mean just the way he was even throwing that deep ball just with really nice touch i mean it looked like he was really putting it all together maybe this is the year where everything just he he figures it out and boy that opens up a lot of things when you can can hit that home run to jalen johnson to cj johnson we've seen uh downfield throws to isaiah winstead uh this year as well i think we'll see a, a deep one to Josiah Hatfield sooner rather than later. They tried to get him involved behind the line of scrimmage with some some gadget plays, but uh, yeah, the downfield passing has been fantastic this year for sure. And I'm just I'm I've been really pleased with the way they you know how they operate in the red zone. I mean, there's I feel like teams have no clue what's going to happen in the red zone, and that's a great spot to be in if you're in an offense. You know, I mean, you got. You know, Ryan Jones split out in the slot. He comes in the backfield. You got C.J. Johnson leaking out. I mean, it's just all these guys you got to account for, and teams just haven't been ready for it. Yeah, they, they drew up one where they had Ryan Jones wide open on Saturday. Another one play kind of breaks down. Holt Naylor's able to use his legs and score. So we saw Keaton. We've seen Raja. They've done it almost, uh, you know, 100 different ways already in the red zone. And somebody pointed that out last week on uh, one of our feeds that, uh, that we should give props to – East Carolina red zone has been an issue at times, and it is across the country. Uh, you know, I, we're not the only fan base that calls in and complains about being in shotgun. In fact, <laughs> not to bury Patrick Mason, but uh, I think you were talking about that uh, with the Bears-Packers the other night, right? Yeah, they were on like in the inch yard line, and then they send Justin Fields in the shotgun. They put him back, you know, six yards, and that, that, that just drives me nuts. <laughs> I just... 
Even I was like, what in the world are they doing? Especially when you're that close. I mean, all you got to do is just put the ball over and pull it back. You know, it's it's maddening. <laughs> yeah, it happens everywhere, and uh, it happens here uh, at East Carolina. But they have found ways to, to reach pay dirt when they've gotten close. East Carolina and Navy coming up Saturday. We'll be with you 2 o'clock on the Bud Light pregame tailgate. Patrick Mason will be a part of that show as uh, we'll take you right up to the six o'clock kickoff. All right, uh, Iowa got a win, right? They did. All right, that game lasted until about I don't know, almost three a.m. Eastern. Oh, that's right. They, they had, had all the those, long delays. Yeah, multiple lightning delays. At one point, they had more lightning delays than touchdowns this season. So that's never a stat <laughs> you want to see. <laughs> uh, so let's see, who do we got, Patrick? We got ooh, Rutgers. Yeah, on the road. Yeah, I mean, uh, night game again. I mean. Really, nothing about this matchup excites me at all, <laughs> and it really shouldn't excite anyone, to be honest with you. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm ready for Iowa UCLA. That's going to be fun. Oh yeah, that's going to be great. <laughs> you see the UCLA crowd on Saturday? There's like what 12 people there. That was brutal, man. Absolutely, it happened to them opening week too. And they almost lost to South Alabama last week. Um, so, are you keeping up with uh, with Saturdays at all? A little. I mean, it's hard to do, bit. isn't it? It's really difficult to do um I, I i do a little bit here and there like when i got done with the you know writing my writing responsibilities after the ecu game i got home in time to watch the end of the iowa game so i mean that was kind of nice but definitely not as much as other years yeah so uh yeah your your fun day is sunday where you get to watch your bears play oh yeah so uh congratulations on that <laughs> bears do they have the texans or do yep, I yeah that? they got the texans what a game i know it what a game so uh I mean someone's gotta win that one, right? I um things to know ahead of the week three Bears Texans matchup. I'm not clicking on that. The things to know is where your guide button is on the TV <laughs> to go find another game, probably. I do not want to watch that or click that link or know anything about it. Patrick, thanks for hanging out. Tell Arthur we said hello. Please play our song for oh, him. Oh yeah, I, I I'll definitely play it for him. And uh look, man, uh I, I gotta give you credit. You uh you made it through this segment. I know it was tough for you, but we're we're here for you. I know. I'm, I'm glad you guys are here to support me and really prop me up when I need it the most. There you go. Just like Flat Stanley. We're propping you up. <laughs> That's right. All right, Patrick. We'll talk to you Saturday. Sounds good. Let's take a break. We'll come back. Hour 3, Pirate Radio Live. we got a giveaway for you. Also, Steve and I go hoist the colors. We have a basketball schedule. You know, I go and I annually pick every single game on the basketball schedule and give our win-loss projection. Might not do that today. Might save that for later on, but we do have a schedule to talk about. Igo says he wants to do it today. (laughs) We might be doing that today and uh, talking some football along the way. A lot more to go. Pirate Radio Live back with you after this. Listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Live well, move more, and hurt less with kinetic physical therapy. If you're recovering from an injury, getting back into sports, dealing with everyday pain or fatigue, then kinetic physical therapy can help you get back on track and live well. Kinetic has nationally certified therapists for physical, occupational, speech, and massage therapy, all in a state-of-the-art facility on Arlington Boulevard in Greenville. Visit kineticptgreenville.com for more information. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip. 
Back with you, Pirate Radio Live. On a Wednesday, Stephen Igo here. Igo, we got a lot to talk about, ECU-wise, otherwise. <laughs> we just skip the intro. But I, no. In fact, I almost forgot about it. Hit the intro real quick. I, I got to talk to you about I something. I go, I go. He's the one you know. What are we talking about? The uh, I think about it. Usually, like Wednesday or Thursday after your own, I'm like, I always forget to bring this up with I go. Do you know what I'm talking about? I go. Nathaniel Hackett. I go. No, I'm going to talk about him. House of the Dragons. Oh yeah. House of the Dragon. House of the Dragon. This song it's a great show. I go, I go, I go, I go, I go. It's a great show. I love it. I go, I go, I go. It's like an old school game. I can't do it. I go, I go, I go, I go. It's like old school game. It really is, man. The writing. I go, I go, I go. Just the way they're filming it, like it's finally appointment TV. Like it's good to be back to. It's good to be go, back to, alright, Sunday I go, nights. I, I have I something go. to look forward to. At 9 o'clock, I'm going to have House of the Dragon on. I go, I go, I go. And I just enjoy it, man. I'm, I'm kind of worried about them switching actors. You know, no spoilers, but they are. Oh, yeah. Fast-forwarding through um, the timeline, so they're bringing in new actors for certain roles. So I'm kind of worried about that, but it's been a great season thus far. I go, I go, I go, I go, I go. CJ, you're up. I'll take on a red throw. Chandler getting down over there. I Chandler go, I go, I go. about to have I a seizure go. on the air. I go, I go, I go, I go. Yeah, we could have talked about two or three more things now, but instead we're distracted by this stupid song. I go. I'll just do this week's live on the show. We're getting closer. I go, I go, I go. I go. Don't get a of banjo. I go, I go, I go, I go. I go. Should we say something about the Broncos? What about Gino? I go, I go, I go, I go, I go. Hey yo, hey yo, hey yo, hey yo, hey yo. I go, I go, I go, I go. R.I.P. Razor Ramon, Scott Hall. Hey yo. I almost wore my NWO shirt today, <clears throat> so that would have been fitting. There are rumors that Bray Wyatt's coming back, and if that's true, I'm gonna start watching wrestling again. So, just uh, heads up, folks out there. Steven, where to begin? What sport would you like to begin with? Um, basketball. Really? Why? Because you're tired of talking football at this point? Yeah, man. What else is there to say? White helmets, Navy, triple option. Yeah. I mean, that's about all we need to say about it. Okay. There's your breakdown. Who has the edge in uniforms on Saturday? Definitely the Pirates. I mean, you can't go wrong with the Navy traditional uniforms, but... Um, we've talked about it the white helmets to me are slick and i think they're going to be even better now with the oversized jolly roger logo i think this is the first time maybe they wore them in the motor that way but like we were talking to xavier who's been here a long time he he said he doesn't remember wearing a white helmet has they, it been that long yep five years they haven't worn them since the two lane wow. game in 2017 when the green wave won in overtime Ooh, okay, okay. ECU is 1-8 all-time in the white helmets. I went back through every single game, unless they wore white helmets before photo galleries were available, which I do not think they did. The first time they ever wore them was the all-white, the Cincinnati game. Yeah. And people got to understand, all right, if you're a bad football team, 
your record in every single helmet is going to suck, which if you compile that data over the Mo era, that is the case. Now, ECU did wear the white helmets during the 2014 season. They lost on the road to a good Cincinnati team. Great game. They lost to Florida, a good, you know, obviously not a good Florida team, but a good opponent. It's Florida. It's good a bowl game. game. Good game. Uh, the next season, they did lose at UConn in the white helmets. Man. But then after that, that was the 0-3 during the rough era and then 1-5 in white helmets during the Scotty Montgomery era, starting with the Virginia Tech debacle. They're going to look clean. I like the look of the all-white jerseys. I'm a fan of them. Yeah, I'm curious to see if they go, are they going to go all-white? Are they going to go purple jerseys, white pants, white helmet? They're going all-white, right? I mean, that hasn't been announced yet, but I would I would think so if it's a whiteout. Uh, but yeah. ECU has never worn white jerseys at home. Ever. I don't think so. I mean, not since I've been covering the team. So that would mean Navy would wear their blues. They would. And if you're thinking Navy, they don't need to do this uniform crap. Check out an Army-Navy game. They break out. Yeah, they break out awesome uniforms. The good duds for those games. All right. um, Can I mention a stat? Yeah, man. Speak with your chest. Uh, This is actually from Steven Igo. (laughs) Put on Twitter. All right. So we'll one have to verify times, it. Might not be true, but we'll we'll check it. One of the last times the Pirates won wore white helmets was against UConn. <laughs> and uh, man, what a day for the Pirates that day! Thomas Sark, four hundred and twenty-six. Have you already mentioned this? No, I did say ECU is one and eight in the white helmets. You didn't go into detail. I did though. not go into detail. All right, so th- we'll, yeah, we'll allow fine. this, Chandler. But you did say one of the last. Yeah, times I just want to go over the stats. Yeah, the Pirates won in white helmets. There's only been one. Oh, okay. Well, the only time they've won in go. white helmets. And I love old box scores. So this is this is a good own. one. This yeah. is a good one. UB stat sheet. What you got, Chandler? Pirates win forty-one to thirty-eight at UConn. I think we did a watch along from this the lobby. This Sunday game. game. Here's the stats for that game. Uh, at quarterback Sunday, I hated that game. At quarterback for the Pirates that day. Thomas Sirk, 30 for 39. <laughs> dropping dimes. 426 yards, three touchdowns. Jeff Charles said dropping dimes earlier in the show today. Really? It was awesome. Wow. Yeah. Running the ball that day for the Pirates was, I believe. The hair dog? Daryl Scott was his name. Darrell Scott. Darrell Scott. Darrell Scott. Hair dog was gone. His hair dog. Chris Harrison. <laughs> 13 carries for 36 yards and a touchdown. Yeah, he graduated in like 15. Great Scott! Receiving that day for I the can't Pirates. believe Darrell Scott had that many yards here at ECU. I feel like he didn't do anything. I mean, he had 12 carries for 36 yards. I feel like, But he, I thought that was like his career total. It's probably his like best performance. All right, what else you got? And receiving that day for the Pirates. People forget about this. What a day for Davon Grayson. 85? 11 receptions, mm. 223 <laughs> yards, mm. and three touchdowns, mm. leading the Pirates to a 41-38 victory over UConn. <clears throat> Do y'all remember the name of the UConn kicker who missed the chip shot Ooh, for the to tie it? Great question. And At least man, his last name. We talked, man. Gosh, this is, man. Ah, <laughs> oh, Steven, good question, man. Um, great question. I'm not going to get it. I'm not going to remember it. What is it? Tar butt. Yeah! <laughs> what an unfortunate name. Tar butt. Ah, that's that's a rough one there. And it was like a short field goal, wasn't it? 
Yeah, it was a really short one, and ECU blew a huge lead in that game. I want to say they were up by, I don't know if it was 38-14 or 38-17 or something like that, but they blew it. It just felt like ECU, even though they won, it was. I still remember it was a miserable, for the most part, fifth quarter call-in show. Uh, let's see. We've got. I figured Johnny would roll in here when you got here. What's I, up, Johnny? I, I saw Johnny Saturday night at uh, the stadium. Have you followed him on Twitter yet? I don't know, to be honest. Why you got to be such a jerk, man? This is Johnny, why people don't like you. Johnny. At me, and I'll follow you. Why are you gonna make him do that? There's a lot of Johnny Gardner's out there, Clip. Just add me, Johnny. Johnny wants some initial thoughts. Oh yeah, I forgot to ask you this last week. How do you say the new uh, commit's name? Sear. Sear. Like a sear on a steak. Sear Malanga. They got some awesome names on this team. Love the names. He is from the Republic of Congo. Baela. Benjamin Baela. Baela. Uh, uh, Saxby. Saxby Sunderland. That is a Quint. great name. Sear. Sear Malanga. Sear Malanga. He is a 6'11 big from uh, Republic of Congo. Had some bigger offers. Played soccer growing up. So he's got skilled feet. Transition to basketball. Still kind of figuring out his offensive game. Can't shoot a lick. <laughs> he'll come in <laughs> as a uh, defensive guy. Rim protector. He had some offers from Cincinnati. Seton Hall was was pushing for him a little bit. So pirate on pirate crown. Uh, all right, Sear, love the name. We'll see how it works yep. out. So he'll be on what year's next team? year? Next year. All right, good deal. Um, and some thoughts on the schedule dropping. So I go. You really want to do this today? Let's not do this today. Let's go through it. I don't. I'm not ready to go. Yeah, okay, that's fine. I'm not prepared. I don't know. I got to look into Mercer, you know? I got to look into Presbyterian. I gotta yeah, be- ain't looking into any of those things. <laughs> Let's be quite honest. I know. I'm not. Uh, the schedule. So, opener, November 8th, Tuesday night, Minji's against Mercer. Will you be in attendance? Hell yeah. <laughs> that was one of the stupidest questions I mean, I've ever heard in my life. You talk a big game clip, but half the time you're not even there, and Chandler's just sitting Stupid. in your seats all along. Am I stupid or Eclipse? No, that was a stupid question, man. <laughs> Thank you, Chandler. I bet you won't even be there. You're I will be there. You'll we'll both be, be there. I'll be where? No, no, no. Clip will talk about how tired he is. You'll be at some bachelor party or something. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on. I got a Tuesday wedding to go to. I'm in the bachelor party. Uh, all right, Igo, you might have a point, but now I'm definitely going just to prove you wrong. That's I'm, fine. The I'm more people, the, the better. And guess what? I'm standing up. I don't think you should be I'm talking to up. me and Chandler about going to games. I think there's a lot of other people you should be directing your vitriol at. Anyway, Mercer, Presbyterian, Hampton. Hey, they're all D1 teams. <laughs> I'll give you that. It's a chance to start I hope Robert Prunty comes to that game for Hampton. <laughs> it is a Robert Prunty revenge game. What <laughs> <laughs> are Hampton football is doing these days? Uh, Chandler, Google that up for us. Google right? it up. Google it up. Brandon Williams on that staff? He I is. I believe he is, he yeah. He certainly is. Gulf Coast Showcase down in Estero, Florida. And this is a big one because this Indiana State game was supposed to take place a couple years ago. You remember? And then COVID canceled it. So these teams have been itching to get at each other for uh, two years now. Love this. And finally you. we get Pirates and Sycamores. It's what we've been waiting on. And we finally get it. Man, and it'll probably be on Flow Sports for thirty nine ninety nine. I got to give you credit; you built that baby up about as good as you possibly could. What? Who are? I saw it. Here we go. 
the Stephen Iger guy. He's got a lot of good content if you ever follow him. Uh, the other schools... You're looking at the women's basketball schedule. I should just let you... <laughs> kept going, man. <laughs> that would have been amazing. Did you do the same for the men's? Yep. Yeah, I Both of them so. are out there. Because I remember looking at it earlier. That would have been funny. Uh, holy Toledo. They're in this. Kansas City. Did we play Kansas City recently? Yep. The are Roos. they the Roos? Yeah, the Roos. And I'm pretty sure we lost to them. Yep. Kansas City won. I believe that they won by... Revenge like, game! I believe they won by 16. You know, this too is an important game because the Pirates who have one player left from that team, Luigi DeBoe, he has been waiting for revenge on Kansas City. Not UMKC, but Kansas City since that fateful night in... Was this the same tournament or was this a different tournament? I get them all confused. Was this the one uh, in the slippery floor? I don't know. Uh, This is the one where uh, Seth Leday got sent back to his room. And never, and he just like partied the the rest of his life, hung out on an island. Uh, I go, this schedule is chock full of revenge games at Old Dominion. You want to talk about a team hungry to get a win. East Carolina knocking off ODU. Twice. Not once, but twice. And now, there's a fight. we have to go to Norfolk. You know that they have this game circled on their schedule. They, they, uh, they've they had it circled for years. I mean, dating back to the last time ECU beat them, even before last year. Dating back to when they were conference opponents. Yep. Yeah. South Carolina State. And then Campbell. Revenge game. Just beat them in football. They're going to be ready to go. At UNCW. Revenge game. Who won last time they met? <laughs> Who's uh, trying to get revenge? ECU beat them at home. All right. So UNCW is trying to get revenge. Coppin State. Definite revenge game for uh, Juan Dixon and the boys. That's right. Assuming he's still the coach. South CAC. Now, who is the coach at South Carolina? The guy who used to be at, um, they made the tournament, Chattanooga. Can't think of his name. Oh. Um, so Frank Martin is at North. He is at North. UMass. South Carolina basketball coach is a guy I like to call Don Staley. <laughs> Boy, that's when you know. Wow, South Carolina has been upstaged by the women's team. As for a good reason. Yeah. Yeah. Lamont Paris. Lamont Paris. Ronnie reminds me, I go, we were in Storrs, Connecticut, miserable weather on a Friday night in the hotel room listening to that Kansas City and ECU <laughs> hoops game on the radio stream. So, yeah, that was back in 20. 20- 19 when Mike Houston got a win at UConn. I believe it was Colby Gore who got the game winning pick. Was that the Diet Coke game? That was the Diet Coke game. And I've lost five years of my life for taking a sip of that Diet Coke that expired about three years prior. A Diet Coke has done more damage to you than cigarettes have to me my entire life. I'm never going back to stores. And the last non-conference opponent, High Point, on December 21st. Pirates will open up the conference slate with Temple on December 28th. You know, the, the the American schedule, I like for the most part how it lays out. There's no, like, I mean, the whole schedule's a gauntlet because it's the American, but yeah. there's no, like, stretch of five games in the past where you're just like, oh, well, that's a five-loss stretch. Now, the toughest stretch is at Wichita, UCF, at Memphis, at Cincinnati. Oof. I mean, that is brutal. But, like, there's some manageable games mixed in there that, like, ECU to me, you know, Temple's a winnable game to start with. You can, you know, South Florida gettable. Um, Tulsa's gettable. You know, you play Wichita, SMU, Cincinnati home. You know, those games at home are always gettable. But 
it's just the road games. If you if you have too many tough road games in a row, those losses can pile up quick if you're not a good basketball team. I hope they do enough to have people at least interested February 25th, Saturday night, 8 o'clock, uh, either ESPN2 or the U against Houston, because that has potential to be yeah. one of those packed house games. You know, uh, Let's see, any other weekend home games? SMU at 4 on a Saturday. The American loves sticking ECU with weeknight home games. Yeah. And we got uh, a lot of those couple coming up. of Sunday games, which aren't great. I don't care what the teams look like. I'm going to take UCF by 28. Why does ECU always seem to finish at UCF or at? And Washington? it's always a blowout. a blowout. Yeah, just absolute annihilation. Yep. Don't know. But uh, there is the basketball schedule. To the Americans' credit, ECU usually does tend to start at home for the league play. Right. And it's usually a winnable game. Like, you know, like a South Florida or a, yeah. a Temple. And we get excited. Yep. We start 1-0. and Like, can we get to 2-0? and No. No. Because then no. you got to go to Wichita on New Year's Day and New Year's Eve. Why oh. do they keep sending ECU to Wichita? But what they're going to do in that one, I go, is lose by like five Three, yep. to give us hope. Mm-hmm. I swear, this is Groundhog Day. We've, <laughs> we've done this so many times now. We know exactly... How, oh, we should have uh, seen. I mean, we could go ahead and predict the schedule, and it would come out exactly like we predicted. There's gonna. Who's the bad non-conference loss? Um, Campbell. <laughs> yeah, I mean that one's Campbell or, or uh, High Point's kind of a tricky. Can game. we start three and zero? I go. Yeah, absolutely. They're Mercer, Mercer, a solid team, but they're not losing in Presbyterian. They're not losing to Hampton. All right. You know, High Point tricky. December twenty first. People are going to be gone for Christmas. It'll be a, kind of a quiet atmosphere. They'll be fired up. The band won't be playing Killing in the Name of 47 times. I believe High Point beat ECU the last time they were in Minji. So this is a uh, this is a revenge game. Luigi Debo is going to go through the schedule. He's going to remind of everybody ECU has played in the last three years. Say, this is it, guys. This is when we get revenge. He's going to give the uh, pregame speech for those. Chandler, they're going to need us in the building on those December 21st, December 28th games because... We have to provide the energy. More importantly, yes. we have to provide the music. Absolutely. Because the band's not going to be there. So <laughs> You guys have to fill the energy meter. All right, so we got to be there. We got to do that. Oh, it's going to be a long night. Do you, do you think there are people listening like, what in the hell are these guys doing? If they are, shame on them for not going to ECU basketball games. It has been the same exact soundtrack for at least 15 years now, right? And they still play. I've been going, hey, I go, I've been going to football games. Went to two in a row, pal. And the Pirates are winning. And they play killing in the name of mm-hmm. multiple times during the game. Some of those that work forces are the same that burn crosses. They play it nonstop. <laughs> are they sending a message? Maybe the band, band director is just a giant <laughs> rage, rage fan. I mean, who knows? <laughs> yeah, I'll get some new songs. But they do a good job. Yeah. I mean, well, it's all that we know. We wouldn't, we wouldn't know anything else. <laughs> uh, I will say, Minji's without the pet band. Horrific place. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. it's not fun. Oh, it's not. 
it's not right. It, I mean, it's, it's not the same. It is honestly depressing. Like it, I get people in depressed. the lower people in the lower bowl are going to hear like a hum, and it's going to be me and Clip in section two thirteen doing the band. The stuff. band at basketball is top notch. Awesome. It is. I yeah. love them. I, I'll get on them about playing the music, the same songs, whatever. That. There's no better feeling than walking in, yeah, an yes. empty arena and seeing the guy just going ham on the drums, just going I mean, crazy, just crushing it. I'm 40 years old, and some of those, some things still give me the chills. Like you know, I gotta tell you, I, I gotta, I don't know if I got chills, goosebumps, can't fake that, as Ruff said, but that uh, crowd Saturday got me revved up. Uh, yeah, that was Great unexpected. I, I thought it would be a a good crowd. I you know texted some sources on thursday and i was told like high 30s maybe low 40s but forty-three thousand, and the people are into the game yeah even the lower or even the student section that's never full the one beside the boneyard that was full now a lot of that was parents because it was family weekend but still that's a big deal i mean to have forty-three thousand for campbell like that kind of shows you where this thing is going i mean people are starting to get interested again they want to come to ecu football games like troy said I believe yesterday, early in the week, pirate football is cool again. Yeah, the tailgating scene is the tailgating scene is amazing. Awesome. It almost feels like the end of baseball season has rolled into mm-hmm. the pageantry of football because, like, the crazy run baseball had. I feel like some of that momentum, people being excited, has picked up with football being good. And I was worried going into the opener that if ECU did not beat State, which they were not favored to do, they were double digit underdogs, so it would have made sense not to win that game. If they lose that game, fans would immediately find other things to do and jump off the ship. I don't think that's happened. I think, and part of it is they saw. I think if they would have got blown out, maybe you see. Maybe that. so. Uh, but I love the way the Pirates have responded after that loss, and uh, expecting another good crowd this Saturday. And kudos, like I would have thought that three straight home games would have led to a drop off right. for Campbell because, like, people have been like, "Oh, you could go to the first two games. Why come back for Campbell?" But no, I mean it's. It was a really good crowd, and the players feed off that. It just makes such a difference, and I hope that we get 40,000-plus again for Navy. I mean, that would be a heck of a run if you start the season with 40,000-plus for three out of four games. And probably ODU would have gotten there if not for the weather because some of this is a late walk-up crowd and, and student turnout. So, yeah, I mean, I, it's just good to, to go back to Daddy Ficklin and not feel like for the past – three four five six years it was like almost like a dread going to the games and now it's like man i can't wait to get back to the stadium feel the buzz again and as soon as you park and walk up walk through the tailgate lots you feel it man it just has an infectious uh feeling throughout campus and around the stadium chance to start uh the first quarter of the season three and one and if you're kind of on the fence about this one yeah i've been to three in a row well uh, go check them out this Saturday because you won't get to see them for a while. A couple of road games coming up, and I know some people are excited for the break. Even Miles Berry, he loves being at home, sleeping in his own bed, all that, but he said just to kind of mix it up a little bit, he's, he's, he said he's not hating having to travel here in the coming weeks. Yeah, I think the players, too, look forward to the travel. I mean, it's it's almost like a way to, to build your camaraderie with your teammates even more and, and you know, and they get to travel to some cool places in the American. They get to go on flights and go Tulsa. to Tampa. I mean, Tulsa's the least cool place. So I know, that's let's why. continue to go through your list. Tulsa, Wichita. I mean, Wichita would seem cool. I didn't know ECU football played Wichita. That would be an interesting game. Uh, uh, Cincinnati is not great, but at least it is something. And so they get to go to some big cities. They get to play in some NFL stadiums. They get to play in... 
in the Tampa Bay Bucks stadium. And by the way, another night game, man. Oh yeah, miserable. Yeah, seven. Makes me want to vomit. (laughs) Sorry, I know it's all about you. What you you like? My brother and I are going. We're actually driving down to the to the um, South Florida game. We're going to go to Tampa Bush Gardens the night before. Nice. Alice Scream. So looking forward to that. Not looking forward to the drive, but also just got cleared to travel to the Big Easy for Tulane. So uh, looking forward to that one. Cleared to travel by whom? My company, CBS, 24-7 Sports. I know if you meant Erica. No, no. Uh, She she lets me. I mean, I'm going to go either way. You think Erica would want to hang out with me while you're out of town? Probably not. She probably wants to sleep and watch TV. That's fine. I watch TV. I watch Survivor. Y'all could could rewatch Survivor. That's right. Survivor comes back tonight. Previously on Survivor. And now are you a fan? Yeah, I watched it too. All right. So, uh, cool. Two-hour premiere tonight. Uh, you going to be at Sports Trivia? No. Oh. I have an update. <laughs> what? Hurry up. We got two minutes to talk about the Broncos. What Robert Pronty and the Hampton Pirates are 3-0 and no on the season. Woo! Wow. Wins over who? Wins over Tuskegee. Virginia-wise. Coker. Uh, they also have a win over... It's not good when you can't pronounce the team. <laughs> beaten. Tuskegee? Tuskegee. Is that it? Tuskegee. Tuskegee. I don't know. Tuskegee. Tuskegee. Howard. And Norfolk State. Oh. Mm. All right. Way to go, Coach Prunny. And coming up on Saturday, September 24th, Hampton will be playing a team that beat Navy earlier this year. They'll be playing Delaware on the road. I go. I like to use my, my quick wit and banter but sometimes i put things in the crock pot and let them sit like i I plan out tweets and things like that and you're a great food post i had a great uh well great for me i had a tweet ready to go if the broncos lost on sunday it was never there was never any doubt in my mind they were gonna win that game i agree but they suck they are a bad football team currently with a bad coach they suck currently and they have a coach in training but you know what they're going to be good by the end of the year, and they're going to be in the playoffs. I guess. And Nathaniel Hackett is going to win you over. And just like I told you, Clip, don't get too caught up in early season results. You were all high and mighty. Your commanders were 1-0. What do they do? They get crushed by the Lions, just like I predicted. Troy's Bears look like the Bears. Sorry, Patrick Mason. I, yeah, but your team looks worse than I don't us. care. We all got the same record. Yeah, that's true. How does it feel to lose to the Lions? Be down 22 nothing. Not even have a first down. How does it feel? I express my feelings. It was the worst <laughs> feeling I've ever had in my life. Shirley's Dolphins, though. I mean, what a comeback. Well, our Dolphins. Uh, you're a Dolphins fan? <laughs> I called for the Dolphins before the season started to be good. You called for them? I did. Uh, I went, <laughs> how do you make a Dolphin noise? <laughs> what was that? <laughs> what the hell was that? <laughs> what kind of Dolphins? <laughs> what is Flipper? How does Flipper sound? Charlie, help me out. You're a Dolphins fan. Um, how long are you going to do this dance with Hackett, though? Uh, if they look, you know, they have another primetime game this weekend. If they look horrible again, I'm, I'm, I'm jumping off the train. All right, because you really are forcing it here. I feel like <coughs> I think you don't believe everything you're saying about. Hackett. I don't. I don't. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty concerned. How hilarious was it that the home <laughs> crowd is chanting the that uh, great? That was a countdown great. of the play clock and just completely sad. But it was great. <laughs> I mean, no, nah, no, nah, I'm actually very. Concerned. <laughs> I am very concerned because, like, the season opener. I'm like, oh, season opener. You know they'll have it fixed by week two, but no, it looked even worse. 
Yeah, they, it was. They bad. had the it same number of penalties, the same like even more procedural issues. Like just get the play call in, man. It's not that hard. Yeah. But they'll have it fixed. They're going to beat 49ers. Revenge game for Kyle Shanahan, but it's not going to matter. Ooh, lover. <laughs> There's revenge games going on, folks, and you don't, don't even know about them. Steven, uh, have fun at practice. Uh, I was trying to do that. Thank you guys for having me. We'll see you uh, Saturday. Yeah, we'll see you guys at 3.23 p.m. Eastern time. And guess what we'll have for you to eat? Hot dogs! <laughs> I was doing the chant. You were doing the song. That was brutal. Sausage dogs or hot dogs? Hot dogs. Oh. I mean, I... I I'm More excited about hot dog pizza. Homemade lemonade. Are you going to have homemade lemonade? Yeah. All right, I'll be here. All right, see you, it's hot dogs. Tell them to order up a side Orange of hot dogs. dogs. Just because. Just we got to give away a prize, but Shirley is on the phone. So I tell you what, let's just go to break. And we'll do our giveaway at the end of next segment. We got more Mike Houston audio to get to and uh, more on Pirate Radio Live here on a Wednesday. Take a break, come back, have more for you after this. You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. To get the business services that are right for your business today, contact the team of experienced local bankers at First Bank. The team includes bankers you can trust like Ashley Capps, Lee Watson, Bonner Latham, Chris Richards, Josh Hooten, and Heath Nesbitt. First Bank, together with their customers, they're creating a world where individuals and communities thrive. First Bank on Arlington Boulevard in Greenville. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here's your host, Cliff Brock. Oh, man. Great time of the sports year. Football fully back. Baseball coming down the stretch. Uh, basketball schedules released today. And by the way, coming up Thursday night, Johnson Stadium, East Carolina. Johnson. And a big one against Houston, 7 o'clock. It's on ESPN Plus, but go check it out at Johnson Stadium, 7 o'clock. The soccer team, 6 3 and 1. Disappointing loss coming off the win over SMU to William and Mary on Sunday. Just one of those letdown games. But now you got to have a bounce back game against Houston. It is Health Care Worker Appreciation that Night at Johnson Stadium. Coming up 7 o'clock on Thursday. We'll be with you Saturday, 2 o'clock, on the Bud Light pregame tailgate. Shirley, let's hear from a first-timer. I did not talk to Justin Red on Media Day. I have uh, never spoken with the man. But uh, the media did meet up with him on Tuesdays, the new ECU offensive lineman and uh, they're asking to do a, a number of things on that o-line and he uh, had a chance to talk and we got a chance to get to know him a little bit let's hear that conversation right now justin your first year here obviously playing at ecu just what's it been like through three games it's been great i couldn't experience i couldn't expect to experience anything like this um just the the fans the atmosphere everybody just uh, this is football this is big boy football and you can you can feel it you can feel it I know you, you mentioned like that was one of the reasons you wanted to transfer here. So, 
you know, has it lived up to, to what you expected? Like, when you run out in front of 50,000 people, like, what's that moment like? It's been even more. Like I just said in my last interview, um, I come from about five, 6,000. That's the, that's the biggest crowd we had. So you're multiplying that times 10. So it's just hard to not go out there and give it your all with such a great atmosphere and family vibe. It's just, it's just amazing. Is any of that noise or anything had something to get used to? I know it's like fun to play for, but like, what else kind of goes along with that? When the first possession um, of the NC State game, I literally had jitters. Like I was, that was the first time I was nervous actually playing football. So it was a little different. But after the first second possession, it's like you realize this crowd is going for you. So you're good. Just settle down and just play football. You play mainly guard at Norfolk State, so you're moving out to tackle now. What kind of what's that transition been like? Um, it's been tough. Um, it's it's drastically different. Um. But, I mean, it's football. I know my job is to go out there and protect Holton, and I've embraced that. And it's like I said, it's different, but I just try to get better every day, every practice, and just kind of just try to keep trending upward. That's just my thing. What has been the, the biggest differences, you know, going from guard to tackle? I know you're in space more, maybe dealing with a little more speed off the edge. Are those the biggest differences? That's basically it. Um, pass pro is a little different because, you know, at guard, you can kind of get on them fast. Tackle, you got to set back, and they kind of, kind of come to you, and you're going against – uh, more faster athletes, so it's it's a little different out there. But I, I just keep trying to work at it and just keep trying to get better. When you were trying to learn the offense, who was your biggest mentor on the offensive line? Uh, Noah, definitely Noah, because that's somebody that came in when I was. Um, he was actually my host on my official visit, so I already kind of had a relationship with him. So we kind of jailed like that, and it was definitely Noah. When you look at you know your your game, I know you said you. Part of the reason you want to come here is to get a shot at the pros, too. Right. Is it good to maybe show that position versatility? Because you played guard at a high level, now you're playing tackle. I've actually heard that from a couple of scouts that it's good that you are playing several positions because, I mean, when you get there, you never know where they're going to put you at. You just got to be ready to ready to play. And that's how I was here, too. I came here thinking I was going to play guard, but I worked on other things because when you got here, you never know how things are going to fall. You just got to be ready when your time and when your name is called. His offensive line's gotten better every week, giving Holton enough time to throw. Obviously, you guys have come a long way. I know it's your first year, but this offensive line is really much improved. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We have a great coach, great leader, great leadership, so it's hard not to. Coach Shank, um, he really voices the little things. So things that you could, you would think you could get away with, he's noticing everything, which is good, though, because it points out, and all those little things matter. So it just gradually helps you get better. How much emphasis has there been this week on controlling the ball against Navy? Well, we know we have to take advantage of our opportunities because they're a team that runs the ball a lot, so they can hold the ball a while. So you got to really take advantage of your opportunities when you get the ball because you don't know how many times you're going to get it. Keaton had a 100-yard game last Saturday. He said that he was taking you and the rest of the offensive line out for bagels yesterday. Did that happen? Um, it's coming. It's coming. It's coming. Okay. It's coming. I was going to say, he owes you. He's yes, we, we got it on camera and everything. He owes right. You. It's coming. What are you, you going to order? Any idea? Um, that's actually, that would be my first. Okay. So um, I'm going to ask the guys what they think is good from there, and then I'm going to go from there. Gotcha. Everything's good there. Yes, sir. So you'll be, you'll be, you'll good. be in good hands. Yes, sir. <laughs> okay. Uh, military Appreciation Day game. Well, what does that mean to you? It means everything because without them, um, our country is drastically different. So I'm just so thankful for them. I have family that's involved with that too. So I'm just extremely thankful for that. You have family? In the military? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Can you share a little bit about them? Um, It's like distant cousins, but I know that I just know that they, like I have so much respect for them. So, yes, sir. All right, Justin Red there, uh, another mature young man. These guys they brought in from the 
portal uh been fantastic on and off the field this year and uh getting to know justin red there a little bit let's uh make somebody a winner shirley Rhodes. open up the booty bag the adam levine booty bag booty 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 everywhere booty 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 everywhere 317-1250 you had to cross the line didn't you I have this stream of consciousness just rolling through my brain at all times. And some things I make sure not to let out, and some just slip through the cracks. While you did not actually commit the crime, you did cross a line. I'm guilty of that. Mm. Sure. I'll plead plead guilty and hope I get a light sentence. That was a reference to a public statement he released yesterday. (laughs) Yeah, I've only seen the memes on Twitter. hadn't really followed the story. Yeah. I was like, oh, no, not the guy from Workaholics that I like. That's Adam Devine. Ah. And I'm glad it was Adam Levine. Adam Devine. That's a, that's a good show, by the he way. He was in Pitch Perfect, wasn't he? He yes. was. Okay. And he's in the show on HBO called... The... Righteous Gemstones. Righteous Gemstones. I was like, how do you spell that? Righteous Gemstones. How can I Google that? Google Righteous Gemstones. No, I was asking, how do you Google that? 317-1250. What are we giving away today? A $10 gift card to Familia. Familia. Sounds great. Caller number? Seven. Caller seven. 317-1250. Back with more after this. Listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Congratulations to Crystal Setzer of Washington. Picked up a $10 gift card to Familia. Familia is your place for great Italian food. Whether it's great New York-style pizzas, homemade meatballs, lasagna, chicken parm, or the delicious homemade desserts, Familia is a winning play every time. For dine-in or takeout, make Familia your go-to play when you have a hungry team. Familia on Fire Tower Road near Pitt Community College. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here's Clip. Back with you, Pirate Radio Live, here on a Wednesday. Coming up Thursday, we'll talk to Kevin Monroe. No flags on this field. Ball out! Mm, so we'll uh, chat with Kevin, Jeff Nadeau, Barstool Sports, Troy D will be by here, and uh, more coming up on Thursday. Uh, Robbie Anderson has a message to the fans who may bring negative uh. energy to the stadium. He says, those aren't fans. Fans have your back no matter what. So when the Panthers go three and out, what I want you to do, Panthers fans... <laughs> Stand up and Woo-hoo! give that team a round of applause. Thank you so much. Y'all great. Woo-hoo! Did you see his other quote? Um, I'm trying to find it right now. This was Robbie with an IE, did, by did the way. Did he say, I like when the sun stay out later? Because <laughs> he has said that before. Is that Troy Dreyfus or Robbie Anderson? Both. Yeah. Both. What you got, Shirley? Hey, have it- you heard? You know about both of them? Oh, I got something to show you, by the way. Uh, um, I'm trying. I'm trying to find the quote, but uh, Can I say this on the air. No, if it has to do with Bofa, no. 
I'm trying to find the quote, but something about the fact that um, he, when they go out to play, that he's going to be playing for Matt Rule because uh, some of the blame that Matt Rule is getting is not is not fairly. So who do we blame? Do we blame Robbie? I don't know. I'm trying to find that dang quote. Look, this is good though. You got to back your coach. You got to back your guys. I get it. This is what they should say. This is what we'd be applauding if this was happening at ECU right now. Of course, you gotta you gotta support the guy. I always root for my guys. I know I might have said some stuff on Twitter the other day, like F Ron Rivera and F everybody, but I didn't mean it. We're down twenty two to nothing. We don't have a first down. Those words were spoken out of anger. I didn't mean it, okay? I have my guys back. Oh, here's the quote. It says, I'm playing this game for Coach Rule. He deserves it. He's getting a lot of blame. It's not him. We know as a team he is telling us what we need to do. He can't coach and play. All right, so don't boo Matt Rule. Boo the players. But then Robbie says, don't boo the players. Cheer the players. This this is what happens with bad football teams. They are just in a funk. They need to win. Winning cures all. Got to have a W on Sunday, Chandler absolutely gotta have it got to have it. what are you, you hold, do, what are you holding in your hand what are you reading what do you got i just wanted to read what i did the other day and it was very childish of me and very unprofessional okay let's hear it all right so i got a political text and um <laughs> they, it was asking he said hey my name is so-and-so uh can we count on you uh this guy's running for u.s senate mm-hmm. i said is said uh candidate in favor of bofa <laughs> and the guy responds i'm not sure what you mean by bofa and i, Whoa! And I let and i let him know i let him know nobody ever takes the bait shout out to you for getting somebody to take the bait and there. i let him know what bofa was so what'd you say i can't <laughs> bofa d's as you would think i did not get a response back to that I cannot, I cannot believe people still respond to that in 2022. It's, oh, that's I, I said, I said, is blank total, in favor of both? Yeah. That is a total eighth grade joke that just, it still kicks. Um, no, but you're right, Clip. Panthers need to get a win. If you sit on 0-3, Matt Rule's seat is just totally engulfed in flames. Who are I they think playing pa- on Sunday? The Who day? Who day? Who day? Who day? Who day say they're going to beat them Saints? I'm going to say the Panthers on well, Sunday. Jameis has a hurt ankle, so pain, 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 pain everywhere, pain, pain everywhere. everywhere, Shirley. But all yeah, I have to say is but one, it's attached two, to your neck three, and, and to your your oh, knee no. and to the wait. If his ankle's hurt, does that also mean his wrist his, is hurt? His, his wrist, wrist is hurt, and then your shoulders, and your shoulders. <laughs> and you know what that means? And it goes all around like and, this. And, yeah, I love Jameis. <laughs> this is going to be a house divided game for Tony Dunn. He's uh, Jameis's biggest fan. And now he's got to face him. He wants Jameis at QB. That's sickening. Why? I'm not taking Jameis. I mean, he'd be fun. He'd be hilarious. He's not going to get the job done. We we need we need a young quarterback. We need to get a franchise quarterback. We need to draft Matt a quarterback. Correct. And it, like he was going to play anyway this year. Like that wasn't even going to happen. And then what happens with him happened. Would you rather have starting for your team? Baker or Jameis? Oh, Jameis. Really? You just this is the point. I was you just crapped all over him, but he's been better. Baker or uh, Sam Darnold or Jameis? Teddy oh, Bridgewater or Jameis? Oh, Jameis. Any other quarterback in your life other than Cam Newton or Jameis? 
Jameis, right? Jameis. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can crap on him if you want. You hadn't had anything better. But I, I get your point. Why settle for that when you could have something yeah. better? So, yeah. Uh, we got to take another break, don't we? Let's get uh, it in. Yeah. All right. Let's let do it. Let's get it in. Let's do it. We'll come back. One, two, three, three into, into the, the foe. foe. We'll be back with some more. Shirley Rose and Chandler coming out that duck. Come on now. You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Wrapping up a Wednesday edition of Pirate Radio Live. Fun show today. Had fun with my brothers and sisters here at work are more than co-workers to me and hopefully you had fun joining us yes and by the way i don't think anybody had more fun than patrick mason yeah patrick mason really did have a good time during the break before we left he came in here with a full smile bigger than i've ever seen before we lifted his spirits and he was truly just grateful for what we did and you know how good that makes us feel when we know we yes. live somebody's spirit yes pay that forward folks i yes. want you to go out there and i want you to lift someone's spirits i want you to give somebody a compliment i want to i want you to tell them how special they are to you and you know how you can pay that forward to us here at pirate radio each and every day that we're on the air you're smashing the like and you're smashing the sub sure that is how, that's how you, you can, tell us. That's how you pay it forward to us. Correct. We'll see you Thursday, 3 o'clock, Pirate Radio Live. Until then, I'm Cliff Brock for Shirley Rhodes and the Man of Chan. We'll see you on Thursday. So long, everybody. Thanks for listening to Pirate Radio Live, an exclusive presentation of the voice of the Pirate Nation.